Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Justin Steele's first pitch is hit high and deep right field by Kyle Schwarber. Back at the wall is Suzuki. He's looking up, and it's gone. <laughs> Kyle Schwarber, who spent the week at the All-Star Game in Los Angeles, has homered on his first swing, first pitch he sees to start the second half. He kind and of it's one nothing Philly. Well... If you turn the game off right there, <laughs> yeah, good night. Good morning, yeah. everybody. I'm Glenn Mack now with Jody Mack. How you doing, Jody? Good, buddy, except uh, for the next uh, <laughs> eight innings of that game. Yes, yeah. they got through the top of the first two, yeah. Schwab homers, and then, unfortunately, they had to play eight more innings. <sighs> yeah, uh, I was long gone. Well, let me just give the uh, the, the basics. 15-2 to Chicago. Cubs out hit the Phillies nineteen to six, five home runs for the Cubs. No, five. Excuse me, two home runs in the ninth inning, five runs for the Cubs in the ninth off of that uh, that ace reliever Garrett Stubbs on the mound. Jody, I, I was long gone by then. I don't know about you. I was. Uh, I watched the last episode of The Old Man, which we'll talk about later. Which means I miss Derek Hall uh, hitting that four hundred and fifty foot bomb. So the Phillies kind of bookended the game. I guess is what it was, right? You went to uh, the old man. I went to Monday Night Raw. So uh, oh, yeah, we go. both we both got out. Uh, go. Didn't need to see a further beatdown. And yes, I too missed the uh, home run uh, by Hall in the bottom of the ninth. Yeah, it was depressing because uh, I told you yesterday I was going to put up a Twitter poll, uh, and I did like 24 hours before uh, our show today was going to start. So I thought I could get a decent number of respondents, and uh, I I know how I voted. And, oh, by the way, quickie here, because uh, when you and I were last on, we did our uh, favorite uh, draft in the greatest TV shows of all time. Yeah. And I love the comments that we got after we put it up on Twitter. But how many people felt the need to point out spelling mistakes 
Really? Yes. On Twitter? Are you going to do that, really? Well, Jamal did a great job. Uh, Jamal. I'm th- thinking Jamal, our former producer. Uh, Jamal Odom, a, That was a few years back. Yeah, yeah just a couple, a couple decades. Um, Tahir did a great job, and uh, there was a lot of stuff to put down there, and he might have misspelled a name or two of a show or whatever. And people are just sitting there correcting his spelling, which makes me nuts, and they did it to me. And the poll question I put up yesterday, after a four-day hiatus, the Phillies are back tonight. How would you describe your feeling of their return three choices wet your appetite i just put wet appetite for second half why because you're only allowed 25 characters i know it should have been (laughs) wet w-h-e-t your appetite to be completely grammatically correct well you got to make some edits if you want to get it in so i put wet appetite for second half and i got about nine responses it's w-h-e-t jody yeah i know uh please try and uh curb your uh high school grade teacher needs when i do these things but 65 percent said uh getting ready for the second half excited for it and then they came out and laid that egg last night. And and, and um, your spelling aside, which, yes, I don't particularly care or worry about, but uh, you know that social media is full of people who want to be right and want you to be wrong. That's that's one of the five essentials of social media. I'm right, you're wrong, including yeah, spelling. Fine. Don't worry about it. Don't sweat it. Um, yesterday's lo- – and they have been good as of late. They won the three against the Marlins going into the All-Star break, pitched really well. Uh, but yesterday's game kind of showed you all of the faults that they do have, which gives you doubts. All right. So let me run through them. Kyle Gibson, who's been very up and very down and had been pretty good. And I think his last three or four starts got waxed. Uh, the defense was poor. Hoskins made that horrible play on the cutoff. You, the bull, I'm, Go ahead. No, I was just saying oh. uh, spot on right. Yeah, okay. Uh, the bullpen was pretty bad, uh, starting with Familia. Remember how we hated the Familia signing when it happened? We were right. Well, you might have been right. I actually thought it was an okay sign. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't. I can't, 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 can't take credit for that one. I uh, thought it and, was and another, right. another just dreadful night by Nick Castellanos, who's the three-hole hitter, who grounded out four times and struck out once and – is hitting just 248 um, with a 664 OPS, not what you thought you'd get for that um, five-year, $100 million contract. So, Jody, it's one game. I don't know about you. It's, you. You don't take much out of it. This is, as they say, you burn the tapes, you flush it away, you move on. Today it's Zach Wheeler versus Marcus Stroman, and, and you just kind of you look at it that way. That's what you have to do because it is at the end of the day, it's one of 162. But it had a little bit more importance because it was the start of the second half. And yes, for you Twitteraholics out there, I know it's not exactly the second half. It's well into the second half because it's past the. <laughs> You're taking this very personally. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. Don't let these people under your skin. Little, Come on. Little sensitive. Uh, That's fair their skin. goal. What can I tell you? I'm fair skinned and it's hot out, and I need more uh, sunblock um, and spelling block and everything else. Uh, but, yeah, it, I know it's just one game, but it did kind of denote something, and it denoted that this team has still got issues and holes. And I wasn't worried that Dave Dombrowski would be overconfident with this bunch. I think he knows that upgrading is still a necessity. But in case you were worried that maybe they played well enough in the first half and, hey, they were in a playoff spot at the end of the first half of the season – yeah, he's got to see after the game last night. I still got my work cut out for me. 
Sure. Now, the the one thing that gives you heart, although yesterday's game would have really kind of fallen into it, is they have an easy schedule for the rest of the year. Um, the Cubs, of course, being part of that. I was going to say, what, what, I know. What, didn't we start that last yes. night? Yes. So 69 remaining home, 69 remaining games, excuse me, 33 against the five worst teams in the National League, 42 of them against teams below 500. They still have 11 with, left with the Nationals, who are terrible. They still have seven with the Pirates, seven with the Reds. Uh, they play the Diamondbacks. They have nine with the Marlins. So, you know, my expectation, and I'm, I, I don't know if yours is the same, um, is that they will make the playoffs, that there are – all right, let me just do this real fast. There are six playoff spots. We agree the Mets and the Dodgers and the Braves are pretty much locks at this point. And one team from the Central because somebody's got to win that division. Right, so okay, fine. Four of the six are pretty much locked up. Okay, four of the six. So there would be well, – there's, there's five teams going for the other three spots, but you're right. One of them is going to go either to the Brewers or the Cards. So there's four teams then going for two spots, the Padres, the Brewers or Cards, the Giants, and the Phillies. Um if you believe the projections from fan graphs, the Phillies have the lowest percent going into last night, 47% Giants, 49 If you go to 538.com, which did 199,000 simulations, Jody, that'd be a fun afternoon, they have a 66% chance. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Do you want me to take my Philly-colored glasses off? Yes. And tell you, I think yes. it's a toss-up. I, I, it's a 50-50. Can they make it? Will they miss it? Uh, if you say, Jody, get get off the fence, go 51-49. I'll go 51-49. Now, you want me to put my Philly glasses back on? Yeah, I'm more like 60-40, but that's with rooting interest included, which we shouldn't really do. Um, uh, I'm not going to get nuts because they not only lost last night but looked ugly doing so. But um, my opinion was going into the All-Star break that they were probably going to be a playoff team, so I'm not going to change it because they didn't lose out to two of the teams they would be competing with, the Cardinals and Giants, both lost last night too. Okay. One other thing uh, about last night, because there was, you know, everybody was really interested. Okay, this game's on Apple. What is that going to be like? Uh, I thought it was a terrible broadcast. Um, on the plus side, the picture, my picture seemed crisper. I don't yes. know if you felt the same. Absolutely. On the other hand, it was jumpy. When guys were running, it didn't, it didn't quite seem, I, I don't know, fluid to me. And the broadcast team, I, you know, I I know it's easy to risk broadcast teams uh, because they're not yours and you're used to your guys and I want Tom McCarthy and I want Fransky and I want Merrill. Jody, they wouldn't be quiet for a second. They wouldn't let it breathe. And I, by the third inning, found them completely annoying regardless of the score of the game. Not only did they not let it breathe, but when they were talking, what they were saying was completely either inaccurate and they made uh, just blatant mistakes and or it was uninteresting. Mm -hmm. I thought the broadcast yeah. was pretty damn poor. And, yeah, I try and take myself out of listening to my usual broadcasters. You get that with baseball. Uh, you know it's hundred and now 50-something because they have all these specialized games in other outlets where they can cash big checks for national broadcasts. So it's 150-some-odd times. And, yes, I do really like our, our broadcast teams here in Philadelphia. They were just bad. 
because I watch other games. I watch the MLB Network all the time. Other games, they pick up feeds from other towns, and it's not a team that I'm rooting for. And I'm like, and they're perfectly fine. No, that was just a just from a an announcer standpoint, a bad, a, a poor, very poorly announced game. I didn't get that jumpy thing on my TV, and the picture did seem much clearer, much sharper, much brighter, and they even had different camera angles. So from a technological standpoint, I thought it was interesting, and I, it was different, and I kind of liked it. But from the announcing standpoint, I thought it was awful. Did you like the little box in the corner that kept telling you 24% chance of RBI? Oh, no, that's a strike 23% chance of RBI. A little much. I, I hear what you're saying, but Please. but again, because it was well, different. Let breathe. Let me watch the game. Because it was different, and, and it was small enough, because sometimes the graphics they put on, you got no choice but to read them, because they take up uh, a third of the screen. as just a little thing in the corner. You could ignore it if you wanted to. Okay. They, they uh, and tomorrow's game, by the way, is on Amazon. I remember that one last year. Um I understand. Tomorrow's Peacock. A Peacock. Excuse me. Last year was Amazon. Tomorrow is Peacock. Excuse me. Can't keep can't keep my streamers straight. <laughs> uh, which is a problem as you grow older. Um, anyway, I just um, I know that it's a money grab by baseball. I understand that in what their explanation is is they're bringing it to more of an audience, and it's you know more people will get to see the game more ways and so on. But uh, I don't know. Just give me what I like. Uh, I, I I didn't I didn't need it at all. And you're right. They were both. They they alternated between bore, being boring and incorrect, and that was nothing that I really needed to see. Good news is I don't know about you. I left after five. I stayed till at least the seventh. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, I was watching wrestling by the time uh, Mr. Stubbs took the mound in the ninth. Which, by the way, people always talk about. You got an issue with that non-pitcher pitching? Not when you're down 10 runs. I don't either. Late, no. Some I didn't like when Gabe Kapler you're... would do it a lot and early and so on. I mean, you do have, whatever, eight relievers on your team, but I understand it's a, it's a Friday night game, and you got games today and tomorrow, and it's hot. You're going to go through a lot of pitchers, and that game was, was lost. So I don't have problems with it in a blowout. Nor do I. And some people do. Uh, what do you mean? Everyone just had four days off. How are your pitchers not ready? Yeah, but who cares? The game's over. You lost. Do whatever you have to do, whatever is best for your ball club. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, okay. Um, 215-592-9494. we got a lot going on today um, that uh, we are, we're looking forward to sharing with you. We're going to get some Eagles talk in. Training camp opens on Tuesday. Boy, Jody, you know the players are really going to love to be coming when it's uh, 120 degrees out there. Yeah, but it could have been worse. Could have opened this week. A couple teams did with the Hall of Fame game, so we're at triple digits a couple of days. Uh, I I know it's supposed to be hot next week too. It's not like it's going to drop back down into the seventies, but I think next week is going to be less than what this past week was. Dave Zangaro of NBC Sports Philadelphia is going to join us. We have uh, what we're watching coming up in the eleven o'clock hour. Jody and I are going to give our favorite shows so far of twenty twenty two. I got mine. I'm looking forward to hearing yours as well and um coming up in the next segment we kind of got a little bit of a late start today charles barkley hey when charles barkley calls in i have no problem with how we're going late that, exactly. that, that no problem at all um anyway uh so kind of put off to the next segment what really is the i think the big story of this week and something that 
is an interesting story for talk radio because I think the people are very divided on this. I actually don't know how you feel about this, Jody, but the Sixers announced plans to build their own arena at the cost of their the cost that they will pay of one point three billion um, right in the middle of Center City, tenth and market, uh, the former gallery. This is a this is a very controversial project for many, many reasons. We're gonna explain our thoughts on that and get yours coming up. 215-592-9494. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack now. Saturday morning on 94 WIP. Saturday morning, 94 WIP, along with Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack now. So the big news of the week, Jody, and I um, I talked about this last Saturday. A little birdie was in my ear, and I, and I talked about it um, last weekend. So not a surprise, the Philadelphia 76ers announced plans to build their own arena, uh, at the, which they will fund, they say. Uh, $1.3 billion project, not to open until 2031, Jody Mack. So you and I will be old men when we uh, toddle down there years from now, nine years from now, uh, at uh, at Market Downtown between 10th and 11th, the former gallery. So I want to I wanna set this up. Let me ask you a couple questions. Good idea, bad idea. First of all, good idea just that they've decided to build their own arena. It's it's their right. They can do whatever the hell they want. They're a private business. If they want to build their own arena and the fact that they're offering to do it on every one of their own dimes, I'm, I'm kind of like you. When I see it, I'll believe it. I'm not going to say, they're, they're full of it when, when push comes to I don't know. Maybe they will. But I don't know that's the case. I, I'm just going to take a wait-and-see attitude on that. But if they want out of the Wells Fargo Center, that is absolutely their right. And it hasn't always been a hand-in-hand partnership between Comcast and the 76ers. So I'm not I'm not surprised that this became a conversation. And it needs to be, even though it is nine years down the road, if they're going to do it, it takes time and a lot of hoops have to be jumped through. So I'm not surprised that it has become a story like it has. The only uh, the only surprise for me in terms of the timing of the announcement was they kind of stepped on their own James Harden thing. I mean, they signed James Harden, which was a nice deal, and that that kind of that story got lost to me. Just the timing as a PR person, I would have said, "Hey, hold it for a week or two. But fine, yes, you got to do it nine years ahead. Hey, listen, my my bottom line just on the question of should they have their old arena, their own arena, excuse me, is good for them, right? Everybody wants to be a homeowner as opposed to a tenant. Right. That's one of the goals in life, right? Instead of their paying rent to Comcast, they have their own place. They can make their own decisions. They can pick the dates they want. And they're also, it will be interesting down the road because I assume with this new arena, they're going to compete with the Wells Fargo Center for concerts and other events and so sure. on. It's it it's a, it's a real, it, this is not good news for Comcast, right? We agree on that. No, they they will lose out on certainly as the Sixers as a tenant, and as you say, competition for other events. the The building's not going to go dark on every night the Sixers were supposed to play, but it might be a uh, show that doesn't put the same kind of fannies in seats. It's not a given income for the Flyers, so yeah, oh yeah, the Flyers are going to take a hit with this. Right, you're splitting the baby, which is not it's not my concern, it's not our concern, but it's a, it's a reality. As far as they're gonna they're gonna pay the whole thing themselves, um, uh, 
I admire that vow. I do have my doubts because even if they're going to just do the construction of the building itself, you have roads, you have infrastructure, you have money to SEPTA. They're going to definitely have to sink a lot of money into improving SEPTA down there. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Right. Uh, and the city and the state and the feds really do need to put money into rebuilding Philadelphia and, I mean, the infrastructure everywhere but there. But I I just doubt this is going to be the freebie that they're, that they're promising. And they're going to get a lot of tax breaks. Again, I'm not saying that's a terrible thing. It's the cost of doing business. But just to be honest about it, it's not like uh, they're not going to foot the whole bill. Correct. So here's my second question. Um. How do you feel about the location? This city, since I moved here and since you moved here, has always been maybe the only one in the country where all of the four teams play down in that same area, that complex down in South Philadelphia. It's always been that way. While teams have talked about going to other locations, it hasn't happened. How do you feel about them splitting up and specifically being downtown? Right. When you and I came to town, you beat me by a couple of years at the Inquirer before I jumped on to WIP in 1990. Uh, our whole existence in Philadelphia has been South Philly because it was the vet and it was the spectrum. And then we got uh, the, the first, well, first up was Wells Fargo, which, what was the first? Core States? Uh, core States? Right. And then first the, the FU. Which was the FU Center. <laughs> yeah, that was we, We've had a couple of different uh, sponsors for that building. Wachovia was for a while. Wachovia snuck in there. Good one, Mac. Yeah, well, that Uh, was, I think, about two months. All right. Uh, So we we started in 96 and then got the link in Citizens Bank Park after they blew up the vet in 2003-2004. So our 30-plus years for both of us have always been spent in South Philly. It'll be different because it will be different. It will be cool. And if you're asking me, I can give you my general impression. Yep. But I think as sports talk show hosts, we have to think of everybody. That when you're going to put forth an opinion on how it's going to work, you need to look at everyone, not just yourselves. I would be okay with it because I am going to be one of those guys who can take mass transit. I'm going to be able to take the speed line in from Jersey, ample parking over here. It's only three bucks to come across. It's not a bad cost. As a matter of fact, it'll be a hell of a lot less than whatever it's going to be. You're going to have to pay to park to get in there. It's not that inconvenient. So just from a very personal level, I'd be okay with it. But truth be told, for the entire region, how the hell are they going to park all those cars? And I saw one person suggest that they expect 55% of the people to take mass transit. Not unless they do some major upgrading of the subway system in Philadelphia. I I assume the uh, speed line will also get a refurbishment as well because there'll be more people taking that. I I think that's a very generous number that 55% of the people will just go, oh, okay, I'll take mass transit instead. Some will have no opportunity because it just, that's not where they're coming from. And it doesn't make any sense for them to do it. It's going to take twice as long to do it via uh, mass transit. And they're going to say, I'm not going to be bothered. So that's my big issue. Traffic's traffic. Traffic's everywhere. You and I have both sat in traffic in the parking lots down at Citizens Bank Park and a link and can't get on 95. So that's that's something that anywhere you put it. Will it be worse in Center City? Of course it will. But traffic's traffic, and you have to factor that in when you decide to go to a game. But parking, I think, is going to be a stone-cold nightmare, Glenn Mack. 
I think it's going to be a terrible idea for what you just said, uh, plus more. I think that while it seems cool that we'll have a, you know an arena downtown and everybody will come into the city and you go to the restaurants and the bars and so on, and that's really cool, it's going, it's going to be that nightmare times 10. I don't know where you're going to put 10,000 parking spots. That's probably not 10,000. 6,000 parking spots, right? I uh, 8,000. I have no idea where you're going to put that. You can't really put parking garages for games because you ever been to an event where everybody tries to get out in a parking garage afterward? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. that, <laughs> I went to um, last week. My wife and I went to see To Kill a Mockingbird down um, by the at the uh, Academy of the Arts, which was a great show, and I don't know how many people go to that, a thousand, and trying to get out of that parking lot next door, which is a five-story one, took us like 45 minutes. You have a game, so you can't do that, so you need, uh, not street parking, you need uh, lot parking, and I don't know where they're going to do that. It's crazy, and I know that it's really nice for people to say, well, everybody should take mass transit. And Jody McDonald, if you're going to take mass transit, more power to you. I admire you as a citizen and as a um, person who is environmentally conscious. That's no, great. It, it has nothing to do with it. Please do not. <laughs> hey, I'm giving you credit, man. Take I know you are. I'm not no, taking don't, it. It's don't argue with it's a compliment. It's convenient. That's the only reason why I'm signing on. Because it will actually be easy. Well, I don't know if it'll be easier, but uh, getting out of the, the the Lincoln on a football Sunday, yeah, it'll be easier than that to go to a Sixer or a Flyer. Uh, well, it won't be a Flyer game, just a Sixer game. Um, yeah, no, it's just because it makes my life easier. I'm, I'm not uh, as green as you're making me out. I may be Irish, but I'm not that green. It's just because it's going to be easier for me. That's the only reason why I'm signing on. One thing I always tell my kids is never argue with a compliment. Always just take it. So okay. anyway, anyway. Um, but this is not a town where everybody wants to take mass transit. And to think that you're going to have 20,000 people coming in and a whole bunch of them on this, on this transit system at, you know, between rush hour, basically, 6 to 7 at night, and then try to get them all out of there at 10, 30, 11? What if it's, a, if it's an overtime game? You got people coming out of I don't even know what time the trains run till. You got all those people coming out at that time. You got people who have little kids. Uh, I, I, I hope this does not sound wrong. I think people are currently very worried about crime in the city and don't really want to be on SEPTA waiting for a train at that time of night. Um, I think it's, I think it's a mistake for them. I do. I think this is, this is not the right decision by them. And I'll, I'll say one other thing. I used to cover this stuff for the Inquirer. My previous life, I was the sports business writer for the Inquirer. One of the things I learned doing it for that time was that for people who think this is going to revitalize that part of Center City, I disagree. One of the things I learned is all of those projections of financial benefits from new stadiums and arenas, and it's all bogus. It's, it's, it's not true. It doesn't play out that way. There will be a lot of money coming in when they build it. You know, the construction costs and so on, that will create jobs, the one-time temporary jobs. And that's great. That's good. Although that would be anywhere. Um, the argument that this is going to really revitalize that area, it's going to be profitable for the 76ers. And your tickets will cost a lot more, rest assured. It's not going to bring that much to the surrounding neighborhood. One of the things that you have to realize is, so, Jody, they have figure... It's good the night when they have an event, right? They, so they got like 50 Sixers games a year, right, with preseason playoffs. That's good average. You'll get, 
I don't know, 20 concerts. Maybe you'll get the wings. You get something. 90, 100 nights a year, fair estimate. I think they'd hope for more than that, actually. Okay, well, I don't. whatever you want to put it. 120 nights a year, let's say. So 120 nights a year, you got something going on there. The rest of the time, you have nothing. And it is a full city block that's just, during the day, just a big monolith downtown that's taken up space. 90% of the time, it's doing nothing. It It's... It is a lie. It is a misconception that this is going to be an economic boom for the city. I'm fine with the Sixers building an arena. I'm delighted that they want to build their own. I think the location is a big mistake for a lot of reasons and that people are deluded and that ultimately, look, wherever they go, Sixers fans are going to find their way to the game. But I think it's going to make it a lot harder for a lot of people who aren't going to want to go, and it will do virtually nothing to improve that neighborhood. Let me add one point to your point, and then I want to ask you a question before we get our next break in. Uh, One of the things I did see either written or uh, heard uh, someone mention, uh, upwards of 1,000 new jobs when the arena is built. No, there's not. It's the same people that work down at the Wells Fargo Center now are going to have to work in two different spots as part-time workers in two different buildings. So they're making it sound like all these new jobs are going to be created. No, they're just going to be moved from South Philadelphia up to North, uh, up to Center City. Yep. So that's a misleading statement, yes. uh, which I laughed at when I, when I saw. And here's the other question. This is far from a done deal. This is a projection. This is a hope. This is a plan. This is something that they're looking to put in place. Uh, The articles that were written last month, earlier this month, whatever, three potential new locations, either the Navy Yard, which you and I have both been down there, their space, they're trying to build that up. That seemed to make a lot of sense to me. If they're going to extend the Broad Street line down to that, make it easier, that would be a good thing for the city. That kind of made some sense. Or over to Camden, they've got the space, they've already dealt with the state of New Jersey, they could actually do it cheaper because they'd get more breaks because Jersey would like to add something like a professional team in South Jersey. They've got two up in North Jersey who are called the New York Jets and the New York Giants, even though they play in New Jersey. It'd be the same thing down here in South Jersey. Um, I thought that was a possibility. Do you think this is just... Or could be. I don't. I don't I'm not going to go so far as to say they're doing this knowing full well they're not going to end up there. But just leaving open the possibility, you had to you had to pick one of them first to at least put the feelers into the water that there will be enough opposition to this that when they go elsewhere, they go. Well, we tried Center City, but we just couldn't do it. So that's why we have to go to New Jersey. That's the Spike Eskin theory. I heard, you know, he does those one-minute analysis uh, on the station, and he basically, I don't think he used this word, but he basically said it's its a Trojan horse, that it's, you know, that uh, they make everybody think they're going to do this, but they actually don't. I don't think that it, well, there's, there's two parts of this question. I don't think they strategized, like, let's say we're going to put it here, but not expect to, and we'll assume we're going to put it somewhere else. I think they really do want to put it here. I think this is their goal. I you don't, think it's the number one choice? This is their number one choice, yeah. I okay. think they think it would be cool to be in the city, and they, they, for whatever reason, this is what they want to do. As to your other point, oh, it is definitely far from a done deal. Um, you know, and I think Mayor Kenny and a couple of people on council spoke kind of said like favorably about it. Mayor Kenny's going to be gone next year. Mayor right. Kenny's going to be eight years gone 
before this thing ever comes up. Whoever's going to be the mayor right now, we probably don't even know that person, right? So the people in power will be different. It is, and I don't want to you know, get too heavy into the weeds in politics here, but it's going to get a lot of opposition from the adjacent neighborhood of Chinatown because people down there think it's going to basically make the neighborhood too expensive for them and gentrification is going to be something that's going to push all them out and it's going to destroy that neighborhood. And I, and I get their point. It's going to get a lot of opposition from local politicians. Um, yeah, it's, hey, it's a hard thing to do. Again, I covered it for the Inquirer when Ed Snyder wanted to build and eventually did build the, the building now in South Philly. And that was a long freaking process with all kinds of steps and opposition and change the plans and move it across the street and so on. So it is not easy to get one of these done, and it is a lot harder to get it done when they're doing it as they're planning to do it. Um, I, You know what? Let me sneak in one call here before the break, because I think, Jody, you and I really want to hear how people feel about this. Yep. I listen to a couple other shows, and, hey, it's a great sports talk radio issue because people are really split on it. Some people think it's a great idea. Some people, like me, think it's a terrible idea. So we want to know what you think. We'll start with Evan in Chester County. Evan, what do you think? Hey, guys. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good. Hey, listen. Yeah, I work in the Navy Yard, and uh, my, my point is is that, you know, they want to put it in Center City. You know, a lot of guys that are coming from the suburbs, uh, it's just so easy to hop on 95 and get right down there at Citizens Bank, the link. And, you know, there's a lot of abandoned buildings um, in the Navy Yard, and I just feel like, you know, they could spend the money and put it there. Now, the Navy Yard does have a plan. They just released a couple weeks ago that they have a lot of construction going on right there. They're going to build it up, maybe put some townhomes, some new restaurants there. But there is so much empty space. They had an old airfield. I don't know if you guys know from when it was an actual Navy base back in mm -hmm. the day. Yeah. But there's a lot of room back there. And then you can just hop right off 95 South, 95 North, and still get right there. There's, there's extra space for parking. To, to like get to your to get to your point, um, yeah. and and you're talking. I mean, basically, this is where the buildings are now. Okay, so if you live in Jersey, as Jody does, you hop over the Whitman Bridge, and you're in Jersey. If you live out in off City Line Avenue, as I do now, you get on the Schuylkill. Now, I'm not saying there's not traffic because there's always traffic, but it's going to be a lot easier. You can get to Delaware on 95. You can get to Bucks County going 95 north. You can get to Center. You can get anywhere. It's, it's, here's a word that I learned in, in college, Jody. There is a confluence of roads <laughs> that all meet down there that, Evan, make it easy. And to get from Center City out at the, with a crowd is going to be impossible. Right. And, and if I could just add... The thing with SEPTA, I mean, you watch the news every morning. There's just, you know, it's just a lot of crime going on. They haven't really cracked down. And guys are people, not guys, but people are hesitant to take public transportation late at night, like you guys said a little bit earlier. So mm -hmm. that's just my two cents. And I feel like the Navy ought to be a great location. But I got one other have... question for you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jody. And then I got no, one go other question. Go ahead, okay, Dad. you you live out in Chester County. I don't know how close you live to Chester itself, but they built the soccer uh, stadium, and yeah. the promise was that was going to revitalize the whole neighborhood. That was going to lead to all kinds of things. Any idea if that's worked? I've been to a couple union games. My cousin works for the union, and I've been to uh, a handful of them. And you know, it's a it's a decent stadium right there on the waterfront. Yeah. Great area. But as far as 
taken away from the crime and everything else in that area, I just don't think that was the case at all. I appreciate I appreciate your call, Jody. It's it's to my argument that they always say that you know you build an arena, everything around it is going to be great. They built that, st- and it's a night that you've been to Union Games, right, Jody? No, we've never been to one. Oh, okay. I've been, and I don't even like soccer, but I've been. To I a was going to say, I'm surprised you've been. I, yeah, well, I've lost a better two, but anyway, I've been I've been down to that arena. It's a uh, stadium. Excuse me. It's a really nice stadium. It's in a nice location. I don't think it's helped any at all. I think it's part of the. Part of the big lie that stadiums and arenas uh, help you economically. I've seen the stadium. I've driven by it, but I've never actually gone to a game while it was being played. Um, Don't know what the impact is on Chester down there. Uh, As far as his point about the Navy Yard, you agree with me they would have to push the Broad Street line down past the current stadiums. I don't know how big a project that would be, but they've got – nine years to do it, I think they should be able to pull it off in nine years if that's where step two takes them instead. Uh, I still think Jersey is a possibility, Glenn. I, it's it's really nice that the Sixers are saying they're going to pick up the entire tab. Oh, I can guarantee you the best tab would be Jersey because Jersey will bend over backwards to get another professional sports team, and they know full well they can't make them call them the Jersey Sixers, and that would be a deal-breaker, I think, on the Sixers' part. Uh, but they already bought into the New York Jets and the New York Giants playing in the state. I think they'd uh, do right by the Sixers the same way they did for the practice facility if they wanted to move their main arena over there. Yeah, it's like a whole industry for Jersey, isn't it? Yeah, they're good at, like, sharing the uh, wealth. Yeah. Uh, so uh, my taxes are high enough, and they'll probably go up a little bit. But uh, the money I will <laughs> no, save. It's supposed, to lower, to... it's supposed to lower your taxes. Yeah. You bring yeah. all this, you know, economic revival, Jody. Right. Glenn Mack now just educated me on that. I know that that doesn't work. Uh, but I will be saving that toll that i got to pay to go across <laughs> the bridge to go to the game. So Good I don't enough. know if that's going to balance the books, but I can at least say, yeah, yeah, my, my easy pass bill is less than what is the toll now? Is it six, I do easy pass. I don't know. Is it six bucks? Six bucks, yeah. Well, there you go, Jody. You go, you go to 20 games a year, you save 120 bucks. There you go. Boom. Uh, right. Boom. Right in my pocket. All right. We're late for a break. 215-592-9494. We would love to know your thoughts on this. We'll talk about the Phillies bringing the Eagles in the 11 o'clock hour. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack, now on 94 WIP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Johnny McDonald, Glenn Mack now, Saturday morning, 94 WIP. We're going to talk Eagles football at uh, 11, and Dave Zangaro will join us, actually, to talk some Eagles at noon. And Jody and I, what we're watching, we'll review our favorite shows of the year. How many do you think we'll have in common? Probably a lot, because I got five. Uh, you told me you were going to come up with ten. I, I could have put a couple in there that I watched but gave up on, and yeah, I yeah. can't. No, you got to like yeah, putting I don't want, yeah, I don't want anything I don't in. Yeah. I got five, I got five uh, ones that I will certainly be watching going forward. Sweet. Uh, let's talk to Jack in Santa Barbara. Jack, what hey. is going on this morning? Uh, well, Prof, I want to let you know I graduated last Saturday. So You know what? Ma- that is a, a man of your advanced age. <laughs> a man in his 70s. To be getting a college degree like that is something to really be proud of. Well, I'm going to be a writer for the rest of my life. So uh, here I am playing guitar and writing. All of it's new. Living the dream. Yeah. So, hey, Jody, how you doing, buddy? Very good, Jack. Good to catch up, bud. Yeah. Well, when I read this thing about Benson Market, and I'm going, (laughs) oh, we're putting it here because of the transit advantage and the fashion area and i'm like excuse me <laughs> so so i think they're they're like copying what was done in san francisco where they moved from oakland mm-hmm. to downtown san francisco but those are cities that like new york and san francisco are cities where people do take transit I, I can't see that happening in Philly, and you guys were illuminating that. Uh, yeah, so. I think it's I think it's a tough one. And Jody, listen, you grew up around New York. Something yeah. tells me that, and I've seen the comparisons. Like, oh, people in New York do it, Madison Square Garden. Slight difference in people's habits, Jody. Habits and actual train lines. That there, there, there yeah. are about. 30 different subway lines in New York. We've got a handful in Philadelphia. So the comp between New York and Philadelphia, the comp between New York and anywhere else doesn't even begin to compute. 
Well, I, I mean, here's another point of view. Okay, remember when they were going to put uh, Citizens Bank Park at, at Broad and Spring Garden? Do you remember that? Yeah, when? sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, when I left town, Northern Liberties was what we called Skid Row. Okay. Now it's all gentrified. So my question is, is there a gentrification that is happening in inner city Philadelphia that they're forecasting and that they're, they're buying into that uh, increased gentrification from the waterfront west? Well, uh, I well, I don't know about from the water. And thanks, Jack. I mean, the area around 10th and Market is it's always been primarily a business area. But it does border Chinatown, which is a business and residential area. And, it, and I mean, Chinatown is a, a fine neighborhood, and people live there. But I understand, and again, now we're getting into economic development. I don't know how much our audience wants to dive too deep into that, but I understand that concern in Chinatown is that it's going to kind of push us out. And, you know, people like where they live. They don't want to be pushed out. Um, John in Bryn Mawr joins us. Hey, John. Hey, good morning. How you doing, Glenn? All right. Hey, um, this is a pipe dream, this whole arena um, down in Center City. Um, and with that, previous caller was talking about when all that talk about putting Citizens Bank and possibly the link. Uh, my sister was on the city council back then, and um, there, there's, I'm sure you know this, there's a ratio of you know, how many attendees to public transportation and, and the amount of parking garages. And we're just not built for. I mean, New York, like like Jody just said, how many lines they have, you know, whether it be subway, bus, whatever, L, and we're not built for it. And, um, and also, you know, the mayor, whoever it's going to be at the time, has to approve. And all the residents that live down there are going to fight it until they're dead. And it, it's just, it, we're, it's not going to happen. And what Spike was saying, how, you know, maybe this is just, you know, a, a little scam so that um, the stadium can be built, you know, across the river. I truly believe that. If it goes anywhere, if this thing does get built, it's going to get built, you know, in Jersey. I wish, you know, there's so much waterfront land north of Penn's Landing and that is starting to get developed. I don't know if you guys have noticed I know, that. I do know this, and, and we got to run and hit a break, but thanks, John. Good stuff. I do know this. I, Jody, you go to other cities, right? I mean, you go to New York, obviously, in the, in the waterfront of New York. You go, to, you, you go down to Baltimore. You've been down to Orioles games down to Baltimore, sure. Jody, right? Their waterfront is great. And Philadelphia, this is the one thing I've never understood. All these years I've lived here. We have no waterfront. Camden's done stuff on the waterfront. Philly's done nothing on the waterfront. I'm not saying you should build a stadium there, but to me, it's it's an area that really ought to be ought to be developed, ought to be used. And 30 plus years now living here, I would agree with you that that they put some some decent clubs and stuff down there on on front. And so I can't say they've done nothing. Could they have done more? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. 215-592-9494. We will keep this conversation going, and we will add in, what do we know? Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, three days, three days from the Eagles reporting. We'll get some football talk coming up next. 215-592-9494. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP.
Third and goal from the six. Pressure's coming. Murray breaks away. Murray throws on the run. Back of the end zone. Caught Hopkins. Did he get in bounds? He did. Touchdown Cardinals. Well, there's a highlight from last year. Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. By the way, our friend Tom McCarthy on that call. Just noticed that. <laughs> so uh, we're going to keep the conversation going about the arena. If you have anything about the Phillies, we will get your calls in, and we will get them in this segment, 215-592-9494. But it was big news toward the end of this week, Jody, when Kyler Murray, who at one point looked like he actually might get a divorce from Arizona, signs a five-year contract $230 million, becomes the second-highest-paid quarterback in the NFL behind Aaron Rodgers. $105 million of that guaranteed as soon as he writes his name. What does that mean potentially? This is my question for you. What does that mean potentially for Jalen Hurts and your Philadelphia Eagles? The price of poker just went up again, which it does every single time. There's a new signing in the National Football League and Major League Baseball and the NBA and the NHL because salaries only go up and up and up and up and up. So every time you think you've seen a contract you could never see the likes of again, oh, it gets topped a couple months down the road. So no no one should be surprised at the announcement of what Kyler Murray's going to make. Oh, yeah, Jalen Hurts just got more expensive. And the Eagles have nothing they can do about it. I know everyone wants the answer today, Glenn, is – uh, Jalen Hurts, our quarterback, not only for 2022, but 2023 and 2024, and they want it now, but there's nothing anyone can do about it. You can have an opinion. You've got yours. I've got mine. Everybody else has got their opinion on what Jalen Hurts will be in the future this year and other years as well. It's not like the Eagles could try and get ahead of it and say, well, let's cut a deal now because every time we do this, we get a team-friendly deal if we do it ahead of time. You know when they last did a team-friendly deal at quarterback, Glenn? That would be Carson Wentz. So how did it work out that they got ahead of the curve before the money went up and up and up and up and up? So even if they wanted to do that, they can't. You're not allowed to negotiate a contract with a fourth-year player when he's only played two years. A second-round draft pick. I agree. I agree. He has two years left on the contract. Um... But I and it means it means nothing for this moment unless they decide. I mean, they could theoretically, right, rip it up and give them a new deal. They have no. No, they can't. Oh, you can't. Can they can't? They can't. It is against the rules. Oh, you okay. cannot negotiate. You cannot extend a contract on a player who is a non-first round draft pick. A first round draft pick, you got to wait five years. You've got that fifth year right. that you can pick up the option. Uh, Jalen Hurts wasn't a first-round pick, so he's a second-rounder. He second in any other year thereafter. You cannot negotiate past that first contract until you get to the final year of it. Okay. So even if they wanted to, they couldn't do it. That's what makes me nuts about this. All these Eagles, move on now. No, let's get him signed. He's going to break out. He's going to have a big year. All, all these opinions okay. are great, but they have no effect whatsoever. At this moment, and you are correct, and I appreciate that. Um, I, what it means is then, thus, after one more year, either you keep him at a huge amount. I'm not saying he's going to make what Kyler Murray makes, but you're right. The, the, the rising tide raises all boats. Is that, the, is that the expression? Yes. Right? So guys like him, I'm trying to think, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, Tua, right? They're all in that class, I think. Correct. Okay. 
So all of those guys looked at that contract yesterday and said, hey, if I have a good year, well, I'm taking care of the next six generations of my family. Easy street, correct. Yeah. yeah. And we'll here's, here's my position, Glenn, which annoys Eagle fans. You know, on my Birds 365 show, we get feedback from Eagle fans all the time. I think there's a real chance that it lands in the middle. And it is the last thing that Eagle fans want to hear. Uh-huh, Either Jalen yes. Hurts has a, a really bad year and you go, oh, shoot, they have to get a new quarterback. This isn't going to work. We need to start. The future is now. We need to be at the draft or free agency or whatever. We need another quarterback. Jalen Hurts is not the guy. Or Jalen Hurts goes and balls out, and he plays himself into the top ten quarterbacks. And, yeah, it's going to be expensive because all these new deals have been done, and we didn't think Jalen Hurts was going to be a $45 million quarterback, but he is, so we got to pay him. Or they could just play it out again and kick the can down the road and make him play on the last year of his rookie deal and say we need to continue to evaluate. Here's the reason why I think that's gonna, that has a real chance of happening, even though nobody is going to like that. They are not going to get one of the top two quarterbacks in this upcoming Correct. draft. Correct. They're going to be they're, good. They're going to get the gonna win 20th, double, 24th pick, something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. And they've got the Saints pick. And I am of the opinion that the Saints are actually going to be okay, even without Peyton as their coach. There's a major drop-off in the coach. But Jameis is back and is healthy and is looking better. And they've got some talent on that defense. I don't think the Saints are going 5-2. and. 13 either so they're not going to have a high pick with that one even combining the two i don't think it's going to get them into the top two or three picks and i think those two quarterbacks young and stroud are coming off the board in the top three picks so uh, if i told you anthony richardson is going to be the guy to lead the philly the eagles going forward does that excite you, the quarterback from Florida this year? Well, because he's going to be one of the next Not couple guys. Will no. Levis of Kentucky? Does that uh, get you uh, your your eagle blood pumping, GMAC? It does not. Uh, and I, and your point is taken. The only counter I'll put to that is once upon a time. Not that long ago, the Eagles had the thirteenth pick of the draft, and somehow Howie parlayed that and made a deal and another deal. And they ended up with the second pick in Wentz. So if the Saints, you think the Saints will be good and say the Saints are average. So the Saints pick falls in somewhere in that 13-16 range. Hey, the man did it once. Could do it again. And I will give Howie credit for it. And this is uh, even adding in the fact that Carson played out the way that Carson played out. I remember that year. There weren't nearly as many teams in the National Football League that are going to be quarterback needy that'll be at the top of the draft that year as there was, as I think there's going to be this year. Because mm. there's a whole bunch of teams that are going to have to turn the quarterback position over. Shoot, uh, two of which are in the division Washington and the Giants, uh, the Lions. The Vikings may go down that road. Certainly the Falcons have to. You got faith in either Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold becoming the guy in Carolina? No, I, I, I thought it was interesting when you put the Lions in there, too. Well, the Lions, Jared Goff? You, yeah. You really think he's the long-term answer? No, but he was the guy was Wentz and Goff. Right, it was Wentz and Goff. Right, right. thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't see where you're going with that. Uh, the Seahawks are basically tanking. 
they're doing a process this year. They're sticking with Drew Locke as their quarterback when they could have at least gone out and gotten Baker Mayfield, which is an upgrade. And they said, no, we're good. What do you mean you're good? Your quarterbacks stink. They're talking about Geno Smith potentially playing for them. So there are a whole bunch of teams yeah, that it's nice point. that you put those two picks together and go, ooh, but we can move up. Well, it takes two to tango. Yeah. You're going to call Seattle because they've got the third pick. Uh, no, we're taking a quarterback. Why would we trade with you, Philadelphia? I just, I, I, I'm not seeing the path whereby the Eagles get into a position to take one of the top two quarterbacks this upcoming draft. Well, it's a good point. And since we uh, discussed economics in the first hour, I will relate it to the uh, my, my one economics class I took in college, which was supply and demand. And what you're telling me is that, there's a lot more. There's going to be a lot more demand among teams in the NFL this year for a good rookie quarterback, and the supply is pretty low, which will make it that much tougher for the Eagles. Yep. Point taken. Kenny in the Northeast, you're on with Jody McDonald and Glenn Mack now. Hey, Kenny. Good morning. How are you? All right. Just in passing, I mean, I, I, I worked on the gallery when they did that 30 years ago, 40 years ago, and, I mean, that was supposed to be the big draw in the center city. And, I mean, yes. all that money went into Center City 40 years ago. Now they're talking about knocking that down. You know what I mean? And if I'm not mistaken, they're closing the Starbucks one block away from a place that's supposed to be, uh, you know, going to be drawing all these cases in the Center City. Well, I know that. I, and I, I read Starbucks is closing places all over the country, so that may be part of that. But your your bottom line point is that if something was supposed to happen in that neighborhood and it didn't work and – Will this work? I don't know. I don't. Th- again, I'm just getting back to my original point. All of the arguments of when you build a sports complex, an arena in a neighborhood, it revitalizes the neighborhood, and they create all this economic impact. That's bogus economics. It's. It's. I, I've been around it long enough to know it doesn't happen. And I'll. I'll ask you, and I'll ask Jody a question, and maybe the answer is is simple. How come? There have, in all of the years we've had the sports complex, the only place that's kind of flourished down there is Xfinity Live. Well, Chickies and Pete's, which is whatever blocks away. How come there hasn't been more down there? Well, because I think people can go and they get in their car and they drive to Xfinity Live. And if they, and it's like another venue instead of being there. Instead of being in the stadium itself, you're right across the street, and all the action's still right there. Yeah, maybe. Jody, what do you think? And we're uh, indebted and grateful to Chickie and Pete's because they've been a sponsor of the, for the station forever, and they've got the shuttle that runs from Chickie and Pete's over to whatever sporting venue may be going to. Do you really think there's a major carryover there? I think people go to Chickies and Pete's because it's Chickies and Pete's because it's just that good. Not that oh, I do think go on, on game nights. So I, I used to do a show there um, from six to ten, and on game nights there would be people coming in before the game. Yeah. Okay. All yeah. Right. Or watching the game there, and and I think it works. And Xfinity Live clearly gets but, good. But crowds. those people that are watching the game there, do you think they're doing so because? They're a quarter mile away from the actual game, or do you oh, think they're no, watching the game there? Because it's a fun place to watch the game, and it could be anywhere in Philadelphia. B, it's probably every Chickies and Pete's. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, and again, it gets to my point. I, I, I just don't think that you know. Listen, I love the city to flourish. I love this city. I would love Tenth and Market to be the centerpiece of urban beauty and action and stuff, but I don't buy that it's going to happen. I just don't. 
Uh, Neil wants to talk a little Phillies. Neil, you got a proposed trade today? Yeah, well, it, definitely I think um, Painter and Hop, you know, like for a pitcher because they need a starting pitcher. I don't think there's any doubt or doubt that, especially – after losing yesterday, like fifteen to two, and Gibson having another, and 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 with Eflin, you know, like being hurt, and there's a question mark if he uh, yeah. could come back. I, I think they have to definitely getting. All right, so so right so Jody McDonald, given where the Phillies are now, which is they're contending for a wild card spot, they're not a division winner, they're a long shot to go to the World Series, but they could make the playoffs for the first time in eleven years. Should they, Jody Mack, trade? Is, is Painter the best pitcher in the in the system? Absolutely. Okay. And Ohapi is the catching prospect. Good is prospect. their best non-pitching prospect. So you're giving up two of your best three prospects. Oh, well, so you know what the question's going to be. <laughs> I know what the answer is. No. I don't care how good a pitcher you're getting in exchange for them because that pitcher doesn't guarantee them anything. Would increase their chances to make the playoffs. They'd become a favorite to be a wild-card team. Um, but then you've got to go into the playoffs and you've got to win to justify that. No, I would not give up uh, those two guys to get any pitcher who's going to be available at the trade deadline. Yeah, but Jody, don't, don't you think Middleton after, you know, especially the fourth leading salary in baseball, wants to finally get in the playoffs and, you know, and then get people maybe carried over, you know, like August and September and get crowds at the at Citizens Bank? Yes. Uh, you're saying he used to use a card-playing reference, pot committed, and he is. But there's a bad bet. You, you don't just because you put some money in and you know what you've got. You've got uh, two pair, but another guy's got uh, three clubs, and he's betting like he's got those other two clubs in the hole. I don't necessarily stay. I don't always stay because I've already put a lot of money into the pot. No, you have to make an individual call, and I'm not. That's too big a price for me to pay to get a uh, pitcher to upgrade this rotation. I love the poker reference. I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic because what you said makes a lot of sense. I think they're going to feel a lot of pressure. You know, they spent this year. They put all the money into Castellanos, Schwarber. Uh, they haven't made the playoffs in all those years. They have a chance to do it. I think he is, and he is going to feel pressure. What will be interesting to see is if Dombrowski feels that pressure. Um, so. The only thing I'll say is Dombrowski. If you're, we, we, you know, I'm not only a poker player but a horse player. So past performances are key to making calls on what's going to happen in the future before those gates open. Dombrowski's past performance is, when in doubt, go for it. Yes. So if you're trying to judge him yes. and what he will advise Milton to do, uh, he he is a guy who has said, yes, we're, we're on the doorstep. we got to do what we have to to push the door further open. I don't. Uh, depending on the asking price, it could be very inadvisable. We are nine days away from the trade deadline. I'm going to tell you there is a 75% chance that they make a deal which is not a marginal deal. I don't, I'm not telling you they're going to trade for an ace, but I'm, they're going to make a deal where they will trade for like a number three starter or a seventh, eighth inning reliever or a center fielder. I'm going to put it at 70%. Could happen, but if that's the case, you might be giving up one of your best three might. prospects. and I might don't know regret if that's it in three years. Possibly. Exactly right. Harvey and Summerton's with us. Hey, Harvey. Hi. Hi, M&M. It's hey. great to hear you guys together again. 
Uh, Thank you. I want to comment on the arena. There's so many different aspects that I don't like about it. First, how it would uh, affect the uh, Chinatown community. They, they already have been affected by so many different things. The Vine Street Expressway completely cut the neighborhood in half. And then there's one aspect that nobody's bringing up. Uh, the state built a gigantic convention center. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not for profit. The thing is, how is the uh, arena going to affect it if if this, the convention center wants to have different shows and different uh, uh, conventions there? How's how do you that mean? Gonna how do you mean affect it? it? You mean just because well, too many I mean, people parking? The parking. Oh, is it's going to be insane. The parking is going to yeah, be insane. And, and the city of so uh, Center City. The streets are not wide, and I can see so many different problems with people trying to get into the the uh, arena while other people are trying to get out of the garage after work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it it, it just seems uh, mind-boggling how this, this is going to affect the, uh, the city. I share and, your concerns, um, and, and I'm sorry, Harvey, I, I let you go, I apologize. I share your concerns. I really would like to hear from people with the other position, because I know there are a lot of people who like it, and Jody, we're kind of getting the amen chorus today of people who who agree with us. I want to hear from people who think it's a good idea. Um, I do think it's going to be the parking and the, and the traffic and is going to be insane. But Which do you think is worse, parking or traffic? Um, parking. So do I. But I'll deal close. with traffic. <laughs> but it's, it doesn't. Uh, traffic's going to be terrible. You, you and I are both of uh, enough of an age that we've dealt with traffic our entire lives. And oh gosh, I'm a yes. former New York City resident who moved to Philadelphia, so I've lived in uh, major uh, metropolises my entire life. Mm-hmm. So I've dealt with uh, traffic, and you just get it. You got to you got to put up with it. You got to be able. And the one thing that's nice, and again, you and I have been doing this for too many years. There are things you can do in your car now that you just could not do previously. You used to sit there in the car, and other than change the radio dial, you had no other option. Spin around that AM dial back in the day. <laughs> Try and find a baseball game from 400 right. uh, miles away. Yeah. Uh, now there's things you can actually do while you're in your car that doesn't make it as big a waste of time as it used to be. But there's nothing more frustrating than just looking for a parking space or pulling into a lot and waiting 25 minutes tip off is in 35 minutes and it takes you 25 minutes to park your car for 50 bucks for the two hours as it's going to be there oh that's the thing that's going to absolutely kill if they go how, how much you think they're going to you again you come from new york how much you think they're going to charge you for parking for a game sixers playing a saturday night you know those the, the, it's the, the parking lot's going to be 75 bucks i was going to say north of 50 yeah, oh, I, yeah i don't know if it'll get to 100 but it'll be north of 50 See the traffic. The traffic to me is is a big concern because of the location. So, and again, when you're down, it's impossible to get out of the stadium after an Eagles game or a Phillies game or you know Fly or Sixers. It's just it's so hard to get out of those lots. And one of my gripes over the years has been that they never, for whatever reason, station cops or traffic guards or somebody at the end to kind of direct people. It's just, it, you know, it's bumper cars. Everybody trying to get there at the same time. But 
once you get out, you do get into traffic, but everybody's going in a different direction. Do you know what the Vine Street Expressway, it, which is two lanes, do you know what it's going to be like trying to move all those people onto? onto? Once you're on, it's going to be nuts, but get onto the Vine Street Expressway? Oh, Jody, it's going to be nuts. Okay. Uh, agreed. Coming up, what we're watching, Jody McDonald and I give you our favorite shows of the year, particularly helpful on a night when the Phillies get blown out 15-2. to two. <laughs> So, you know, people say to me, like, how do you have this time to watch TV? I don't think I watch more TV than other people. I just kind of know when and when not to watch it. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Tremendous work <laughs> there by Kyle Quinn. Yes, we need to change that. And we got jo- Jody. It sounded seamless. Seamless, except I usurped sludge, which I've never wanted to do. I uh, love we sludge. Got, we got to cut a new one for that anyway. But it was nice. <laughs> I appreciate that they got you in that. Uh, what we're watching is sponsored by Got a Door and Window. Take advantage of Got a Door and Windows big summer sales event. Receive forty percent off all windows and doors. Call one eight seven seven Go Guida. Or visit them at go g u i d a dot com. Jody, one of the things I've learned in um, doing this feature for like the last fifteen years is that people ask me about this more than my sports opinion. Now that may be a reflection of my sports opinions, I'll grant you, but I think that everybody these days is always looking for a good show or a good movie to watch, and I take it seriously and like to think I recommend good stuff. Uh, I didn't watch anything new this week. I talked to you. You didn't watch anything new this week. So I thought, well, let's talk about kind of, you know, post-All-Star break, our favorite shows from the first half of this year. So everybody out there, take out a pen and piece of paper. If you're at your computer, type yourself a new file. These are Jody Mack's five favorite shows of 2022 so far. And let me put myself in the perspective as to how much I watch, when I watch, why I watch. Uh, like you said, you've been doing it for 15 years, and you did it with uh, Ray, Ray for all those years, and he was not a TV maven. Uh, I am more so than Ray, but not as much as you, because I get more involved in other sports that maybe we don't talk about here on WIP, right. like horse racing and golf. Right. which I know we're just not going to do all that much here on WIP, but my other broadcasting outlets and my own personal likes, I watch a lot. I spend a lot of time watching those sporting events. So that's why I don't watch as much TV as, I, as you do. I'm uh, caught up in, in other things. But I Point watch enough. Taken. So here are my five, um, two of which, uh, three of which absolutely were Glenn McNow recommendations. Number one is Old Man that uh, you said you just watched the last episode a little after the fact on on tape or uh, DVR, whatever. Um, I watched it live on Thursday night. Uh, Tremendous first seven episodes. Seven or eight. Seven episode season, which is what fooled me because I I was expecting eight. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is the finale. Yeah. And uh, the last episode, I'll say, left me a little wanting. 
Uh, there are a couple things that I saw coming down the pike, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it had slight little twists to it as to uh, one of the main characters, uh, daughter, uh, who, who is played uh, tremendously by the actress who plays her. Um, but they went a slightly different direction I saw. Come out. I'm, I'm never uh, put off by little changes and uh, surprises in the way they go with uh, characters and the like. But... Um, I was hoping for a little bit more. I can't wait for it to come back. I didn't get that with the final episode, but just the first seven episodes were, I thought, tremendous television. So I would put that number one. We Own This Town was recommended to me by my daughter, as a matter of fact, because she knows I'm streaming more stuff these days because uh, you and I do this segment. So she goes, hey, Dad, you got to check this out. It's once it really well done. Know that that's the type of TV that I like. Kind of like Homicide Life on the Streets, which you recommended to me yeah, decades ago. ago. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it was tremendously well done. Some very good actors that we've seen in other things. But they play uh, in, in, in the police uh, unit that they're in. Really, really, really well done. I almost took that over Old Man. Number three is The Bear which was a Glenn Macarthur recommendation and a Maddie McDonald recommendation. So two different oh, people told me the same thing. More, huh? she, she texts me all the time. She goes, and Glenn would like this. And or I, I read Glenn like this on uh, Facebook or whatever. So, yeah. yes, she, she and you and she have similar tastes, and, and, and I'm not far from it either. Uh, but you told me about it, and she did as well. And uh, that's one I can't wait for it to restart because of where they left it this uh, year. Number four, yes, Mr. Uh, Network TV, uh, Law and Order, Organized Crime, which is the return of Elliot Stabler from SVU. It took about a decade and a half off before they brought the character back, and they brought him back, and it's outstanding. And my last one is one you and I have discussed earlier, Lincoln Lawyer, because we're both fans of the Michael Conley Lincoln Lawyer series, and they turned it into a uh, TV series, other than the fact he wasn't of Hispanic descent in the book and was on the television. I did enjoy it, but that did bother me a little bit, so that's why I put it at number five. All right, so I did ten. Uh, and by the way, the t these are all new shows because there are shows I loved that came back this year. Uh, only Murders in the Building I love. Hacks I love. Some others. These are only first-year shows, new shows for people to catch. And we do have four of your five are on my list. I have The Old Man at number one. It's on Hulu. I agree with you. The ending was a little bit disappointing. But don't, don't let that stop you from watching this great show. Yep. Jeff Bridges is terrific in it. John Lithgow is terrific in it. Uh, I am looking forward to they, they They did. I thought the last episode kind of cheaply set up the next season. Um, so, yeah, but a really good show. That's number one. I have the Barrett number two um, set in a Chicago, almost like a hoagie shop. It's a steak shop out there. World-class chef has to come back and work in the family steak shop, um, and it's it's really intense, super fast-paced, um, half-hour, what is it, eight half-hour episodes, I think. Jeremy Allen White is the star of it, um, who is terrific, was in Shameless, was Lip. Did you watch Shameless, Jody? Did not. Okay, you would have liked that. He played Lip in Shameless, and he's very good in this. Uh, I have We Own This City on HBO at number th uh, seven, I think. Really good cop drama. It reminded me of The Wire in a lot of ways. And I have Lincoln Lawyer on Netflix snuck in there at number 10. So that's four of the same. Here's the others I have. My number three is Severance on Apple TV, which was a really strange science fiction-y show. 
I'm not a sci-fi guy, but it's this one. It's directed by Ben Stiller, and it's stick with it. The first episode or two is a little slow, but if you stay with it, it really pays off. Adam Scott stars in it, and it'll it'll have you thinking. Uh, number four, I'm surprised you didn't have this on your list. I thought you would. Was Winning Time on HBO? Didn't like it. Oh shoot. I completely forgot about uh, that. So we add that to your list? Oh, absolutely. I, I would have to figure out. I You know, I I think we've discussed it before. Yeah, I we did. I really liked it, despite the fact that some of the individuals <laughs> were none too pleased with <laughs> their it's, portrayals. It's a lot of lies, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was really fun but, and entertaining. It is what it is. It's an entertainment vehicle, and they took liberties to, to do it. Oh, I... The question is, do I put it at number two and push him down, or do I I would put it before the bear? So it would either be my second or third. Okay. All right. So we both agree that winning time is, is should be on there. Uh, my number five is a show I think you would like, Jody, because you like cop shows, Slow Horses on Apple TV. Now that you, you watched that horrible game last night with the horrible broadcast, go back on Apple TV and okay. watch Slow Horses, which is a British uh, cop show. I've always been British cop shows are really where I lean. That's like my favorite genre of all. This is one where it's the basic premise is it's the loser cops all end up in the same um, station because they're all loser cops. But guess what? They get their chance to star. Uh, number with three, six for me, Jody. I'm going network here. I'm going ABC. Really? A- Abbott Elementary, the little sitcom that reminds me of The Office. Is yeah, I thought it was really charming. Uh, set in Philadelphia, set in Philadelphia schools. Um, it's it's done by a, a local woman, uh, Quinta Brunson, and it's it's simple, but it's it's nice and it's sweet, and I recommend it. Very different from my other shows. Uh, number seven, I said, own this city. Number eight, I don't know if you know this show, Jody. Yellow Jackets on Showtime. No, but I've heard you talk about it before. <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of like Lost. Were you a fan of Lost? No. Oh well. <laughs> Plain and simple, no. Well, then forget this. Yeah, I'll be it, forgetting it. It's a, it's, a, it's a high school girls' soccer team gets on a plane to go to a tournament, and the plane disappears and ends up in the remote outback, so it's them kind of trying to survive together in the woods. Um, I liked it a lot. There's another season coming up. Another nine is hard to pronounce. The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray, P-T-O-L-E-M-Y, this is also on Apple TV, which you can enjoy. Samuel L. Jackson is the star of it, and he's great. He plays an old guy who's um, got dementia, who undergoes a medical experiment that will allow him to regain all of his all of his memory, basically his memory for his whole life, but only for a short time. He wants to do it because he wants to solve a murder that involved his family. Uh, and that's that's the premise, and it's very good. Samuel L. Jackson, of course, is very What's good. What's the name of this? This is very intriguing to me. Yeah, yeah, you'd like it. And I think it's only six episodes. The Last Days of Ptolemy Gray, and Ptolemy is P-T-O-L-E-M-Y. I'm definitely going to check that out. You would like that on Apple. And number 10, I have Lincoln Lawyer, which you and I both liked on Netflix. So that's my my 10 shows for the year, the, old, the new shows, The Old Man, The Bear, Severance, Winning Time, Slow Horses, Abbott Elementary, We Own This City, Yellow Jackets, Last Day of Ptolemy Gray, and Lincoln Lawyer. Again, their shows 
Like I watched Ozark this year, which I thought was great, and Barry and Ted Lasso. But these are all new shows, and your new ones are. I have. Uh, I got to put Winning Times in there. So Old Man Number One, Winning Times Two, We Own This Town Three, Bear Four, Law and Order, Organized Crime, and Lincoln Lawyer. So I came up with six. There you go. A lot of crossover in that. So people enjoy. Uh, let's go to Marcus in Percasy. You're on with Jody and Glenn. Hey, Marcus. Hey, guys. Uh, uh, before uh, before I get started on my point, first, uh, as far as shows go, Glenn, I, I recommended this to you online. Have you have you watched Shorzy yet? Say it again. Shorzy? Shorzy. Oh, no, I did. I, yeah, I, know I talked you about it last Shorzy. week. Yeah, yeah, I talked about it last week. It's a kick. It's Oh, my it's God. A, it's a, for people who don't know, it is a six-episode Hockey-based sitcom from the guys who did um, uh, uh, Letterkenny up in Canada. Very profane, really stupid, and very funny. (laughs) Drink it with a beer in your hand. Yeah, Shorzy was fun. It it helps if you like hockey. It helps if you know the lingo, yada, yada, yada. If you come from the, you know, if you've ever lived far, you know, north than this. Yeah. It's, uh, all that kind of stuff helps. But Jody, did you watch that? Uh, no, but you know who I recommended that to, having never watched it because I had heard about it, was our buddy Anthony Sanfilippo. Oh, gosh, and yes. shame on him. He had never watched it. Oh, and he, he is like Mr. Hockey himself. I'm going, I'm hearing good things about this, so you should check it out. I'm planning on checking it out, too. He yeah. had never heard of it. Yeah, very, very fun. Very. Pr- My wife, I'll just say this. My wife lasted 11 minutes of the first episode, and she was out. But that I was longer than my girlfriend last. <laughs> uh, so my, what do you, what parents, do you think my, of the new uh, arena, Marcus? All right. So listen, um, I, I've got to say, I, I'm, I'm, I've been absolutely disgusted by a lot of the reaction I'm hearing. I don't want to say from my fellow Philadelphians because I live in the suburbs, you know, just like a lot of other people. But I go on social media, and all I hear is people complaining about gas prices. It's like a thousand degrees outside right now. England is randomly catching fire, and all all I hear about is, "Oh my God, where am I going to park my SUV?" I mean, it it sounds to me it sounds very selfish. I hear guys wow. like you know Eskin saying, "Well, we're we're not New York or San Francisco or Tokyo." I mean, can't we get past this a little bit? Well, I mean, I at think, the end of the I day, I think I'm guilty of the same thing. I, I don't want to speak for Jody, but I think I'm guilty of of the same thing, sure. which is give me the Marcus. Give me the the great upside for this. Give me why this is a great idea. At the end of the day, basketball is an inner city game, and a it it gets us out of our cars. I mean, for the love of God, this is not rocket science. Everybody, assume this is going to happen. Put on your big boy pants and your big girl panties. Find a train. Get on it. Get off the train and walk to the new stadium. And my hope is that it enables people that live in that area that otherwise wouldn't be able to get down to South Philly the ability to just walk it, walk to the stadium, buy whatever seats they can afford, and, and have a good night. And I, I have no illusions, Glenn, about it lifting the area up. I, I agree with you that that's usually oversold. So it, it, it is what it is. If there's any, if there's any bump, good. But that, that's not what I'm assuming. Okay. Um, but uh, 
Yeah. I got you. It, listen, it, I listen, it, I don't I think me, you're Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's 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 the community. Look, there there and it's not just the, it's not like you're limited to trains. If you have a aversion to trains or being around other people, call an Uber. Bribe your 17-year-old kid to take you there. Don't assume there's going to be parking. There's not going to be parking. But I think this could be I think this could be great for the city. And okay. We got to run, and and I appreciate your point. I don't agree with it, but I appreciate your point, Johnny. And and listen to what he said. I I like the fact that he said basketball's an urban sport, and it's an inner city sport. And I think there is something to that. But he did say one thing that I just couldn't agree with: if the people can't get down to South Philly, wait a minute, you can't get to South Philly, but you can get to Center City. Again, the the mass transit in this city is what it is. It's not overflowing. It's not accessible from every single area. It's going to be more difficult just to get to it than it is to South Philly, which is right off the highways and has the Broadway line, which runs right there. I think he woefully overstated how difficult it is to get to South Philly. If that's why you're putting it in Center City, that's just not true. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Swing and a miss. Gamble down on strikes. That's number three for Eflin. Swing and a miss. And that's the fourth strikeout. And a strike three calls. I don't think there's much he could have done with that one. He was totally fooled on what kind of pitch was coming. Well, that was earlier in the year. Zach Eflin got in a little bit of a roll. I think that was against the Pirates that game, but uh, has not. Pitched for a while because Zach Eflin is injured, and this is a uh, this is kind of a big deal for the Phillies. Dr. Mark Pollard joins us now from Cooper Bone & Joint. We always love talking to our doctors. So, Doc, here's the story with Eflin. Uh, as you know, he's had knee issues before, patella tendon issues. I think he's had issues on both knees. Had surgery on the one in September. The current issue is, and I don't even know what this means, Doc. It's a bruise on the fat pad under the right patella. What does that mean, and and, and why, is, why is he out so long? Well, uh, that's a good question. Um, uh, I think he had surgery on his patellar tendon, uh, presumably, uh, you know, some chronic patellar tendonitis, which is essentially an irritation in the, and inflammation and kind of partial degradation in the uh, patellar tendon, the part where it attaches right to the kneecap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oftentimes the surgery is to go in and essentially kind of debride, you know, take out a little bit of tissue that's kind of irritated and allow it to heal. In doing so, sometimes you're, you are in contact with the fat pad, and the fat pad is what it sounds like. It's a little pad of fat tissue that actually sits behind the uh, patellar tendon. And sometimes you know, it can get irritated and inflamed, and that will cause pain. Uh, kind of an entity that's not uh, overly common or commonly understood, uh, but it can certainly be an irritating and nagging type thing. Yeah, he, um, 
He was shut down after he, he hurt himself on June 9th. They shut him down on June 25th after his game at San Diego. They thought he would be able to come off the injured list, um, but there there he is with a history of knee problems. And I know personally, and I, I mean, I can kind of run by you for affirmation, knee problems don't really go away, do they? Um, well, it's a, kind of a broad blanket statement. Um, it depends on what the issue is. You know, the, the issues where you have discomfort and pain kind of in the, in the front of the knee, uh, towards the kneecap and patellar tendon, are particularly frustrating because they tend to kind of linger. Oftentimes they don't go all the way away. Um, but, you know, they're presumably doing whatever they can to try to uh, get this situation to feel better. You know, most of the time when you're dealing with regions that are uh, very close to tendons, you kind of stay away from doing uh, cortisone injections as they mm-hmm. can uh, potentially weaken uh, the tendon. But, you know, through the rehab, physical therapy, and some of the modalities that they might try, they're obviously trying all of these to try to get his knee to feel better. All right, so can you guarantee he'll come back in a week or two and win five games down the stretch, Doc? (laughs) That's the guarantee I'm looking for. I wish I could do that. I understand. Dr. Mark Pollard, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. All right, thank you. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Uh, Jody, I mean, that uncertainty, and I mean, I'm not saying Kyle Gibson's Poor performance last night adds to it. But they got eight days, excuse me, nine days to uh, find another pitcher to put in the rotation because I don't know. It doesn't seem you can count on Eflin, does it? No, he is uh, kind of like a safety net at this point. That you, you, I don't think you can put any eggs in his basket. And it's funny because it's something, as, as Doc just laid out for us, that surgery doesn't necessarily improve. So that's why they're playing this waiting and get him off it and rest type game. Sometimes it's actually better. Get the surgery done, and then you know. It's either going to take or it's not going to take, and you can get a better grasp on a timeline as to when a guy's going to come back. They're kind of in this nebulous gray area, which is makes it difficult on Dave Dombrowski for what he has to try and figure out to do to upgrade this roster. Agree. Jerry in Hatboro, what's on your mind today, Jerry? Jerry? I'm going to put Jerry back on hold. We'll get him up next. Let's try Michael in Villanova. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. How you doing? All right. Hey, Mike. Great. Um, I wanted to talk first, actually, before I get to my point about the Sixers, I just wanted to give a uh, shout-out for uh, Slow Horses. It's a great show, and as always, they've got the great British acting. Yep. Jody um, would like it. I know you would like it, Jody. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it It's fantastic. Uh, I, I think you guys are, are, are need a little, to use a little bit more imagination about what the transportation options are going to be, as well as the infrastructure that exists already. Um, I, before I uh, called, I, I was just checking the SEPTA stats, and, and I, I go to the Eagles games on the subway, right? I park in town, and I, I take the subway down because I can't stand. No, hold the, on. Hold the, on. The I got to ask you a question. Yeah. You park in town. Where yeah. do you park? I, I park at Fifteenth uh, and Race. There's a. Uh, it used to be called the Hahnemann lot. It's not called that anymore. But that's where I park. It's ten bucks and it's great. Okay. And you just walk over to Race. You take the subway down. Now everybody's going to know and take my spot. But sorry, I, <laughs> sorry, sorry if I dimed you out. But I really yeah. wanted to know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, not uh, a secret anymore. <laughs> not a secret anymore. But uh, it's less of a secret than it has been because I've been doing that for twenty years. But. Uh, 
for, according to SEPTA, before pandemic, you had about 14, on average, 14,000 people riding the subway down to the, down to the link. So this infrastructure's in place, and you're going to have both the, the Broad Street line and the Market Frankfurt line also converging right there, uh, you know, at uh, 11th Street. So the, the, the infrastructure's there, and then you also have to think people don't have to park a block or two away. You can park eight, nine, 10, 12 blocks away, walk over, walk back, you know, stop off at a bar afterwards, have a little I bite to eat. I think asking up. people um, to park 10 blocks away and then walk back, I mean, before the game, sure. After the game, right. 10 o'clock at night, I don't know about that. Well, but you're going you're gonna to have lots of people on the street, the, and, and I know there's issues now. Things were, you know, this is post-pandemic things. Things are going to be a lot different uh, in nine years. Uh, and also, you've got the Uber options, you know, the Lyft options. You're going to have yeah. people not parking. You have people thinking differently, like, just like that caller said. You may. And 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 the, here's a good point that you make, and thanks for the call. I think Mike Sielski wrote about this in his column the other day. And I know this sounds silly. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know what the city's going to be like in 2031. We don't know what life's going to be like in 2031, right? If we go back nine years... And I told you, Jody, here's all the things that are going to happen. It, it'd be like, what, are you kidding me? So, yes, there is that uncertainty, but you can only kind of, you can only do it based on what you know, right? Right. And once you make the commitment and you break ground, there's no going back. Right. That, you've cut, and we're not there yet. We're talking, I think, as if we are there, and we're truly not. No, no, uh, no. So, so we must wait and see as these steps go on going forward. Let me say one thing, and I can give a perspective that maybe a good majority of our audience cannot, because I did. I grew up in New York City, just outside, first suburb outside Yonkers. So I went to Madison Square Garden a lot, and I would get my car and drive from Yonkers to 10 miles, 8 miles, 9 miles, whatever it was, to the Bronx, and there was a, uh, the, the one line runs all the way up to 242nd Street in the Bronx. And it's a nice, easy subway to get onto. And it was a relatively safe subway, hardly ever any issues. And it lets you out right underneath Madison Square Garden. You go up. It's cool. It is cool. It was cool when I was a young man doing it before I moved to Philadelphia when I was 29 years old. So I think a lot of it has to do with where you are, your age, and what you've done in your life and what your situation is. Are you going just by yourself? Are you going with friends? Are you going with family members? And all that changes the equation. But there was something cool to be said about getting off some mode of transportation, getting off into the middle of the city, not just pulling your car into a parking spot and then walking across the street and walking into the venue. Uh, it, there is a cool aspect to it. I, I just the, the problem is you can't compare New York to Philadelphia because it's just not as readily accessible. There aren't as many lines. There aren't. For those that have access to it and already do it, like our caller who said, I've been doing this for years and I love driving down. Okay, I'm glad that it works for you. I don't know it's going to work for everybody, but if you've never done it before, if you've been a guy who's always driven to the game, always gotten out of your car and walked into whichever of the teams you're going to see down in South Philly, it will be different, and there is a cool aspect to it. All true. Nicely said. 215-592-9494. We, we see you on hold. We will get you. We're looking forward to it. Dave Zangaro 
of NBC Sports Philadelphia. He's going to join us next, talk about uh, the Eagles, who reports camp in three days. He did a series recently on who is the Eagles most, who are, excuse me, the Eagles most important players coming up, and we'll talk to him about that. By the way, best caller of the day gets a $50 gift card to Shibe Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or Shibe, or visit ShibeSports.com. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. Second and goal. In the gun. Hurts. Hurts is back. He gives it. He keeps it. And he runs in. He fakes to Sanders. And he runs in for the touchdown. And the Eagles take their first lead of the game. God, I can't wait to hear Merrill. All right. So that was last year. We got a lot of those from Jalen Hurts. We will see what we get coming up. Dave Zingaro joins us. Dave Covers the Eagles and does a terrific job for NBC Sports Philadelphia. By the way, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. All right, Dave Zangaro, welcome to the show. And you did an interesting series recently where you basically did an article a day. Uh, Ten, was it the ten most important players on Eagles? Is that how deep you went? We were on 25. 25? <laughs> 25. Excuse me, man. Time to kill, guys. Oh, oh, yeah. Hey, man, I get it. I get it. Programming is programming, and content is content. Uh, <laughs> and we'll, we'll go over some a little further down the list, but not surprisingly, you put Jalen Hurts number one. Uh, Jody and I talked earlier about the Kyler Murray contract, five-year, $230 million, and what ripple effect that, or trickle-down effect, I guess would be the better way to say it, that may have for Hurts. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, and it's not just the Kyler contract. It's, it's kind of the scope of what contracts have become for quarterbacks in the league. It's, you know, I, I think a lot of us still think that high-paid quarterbacks get 25 mil a year, and it's, it's really exploded. It's not like that anymore. There's three quarterbacks in the 20s now. There's five in the 30s, and including Kyler Murray, there are now eight who make over 40 mil a year annually. So it's, I mean, it's... It's a lot, and I think it's a dangerous situation for Arizona or really any team that ends up having to pay such a high price for a quarterback that's not elite. Um, and it's kind of the going rate, and I don't blame Arizona for doing it. I, they're, they're kind of in a situation where they have a good young quarterback and they can't move on from him, so they have to pay him. But uh, I, I think it's also kind of a dangerous situation to pay What's Kyler Murray? Maybe the eleventh, twelfth best quarterback in the league, and he's getting forty-six million dollars a year. It's it's a tough pill to swallow, and it, it makes it roster construction that much harder. So uh, it's easy to then look at Jalen Hurts and think, "What's Jalen Hurts like? The eighteenth, nineteenth best quarterback in the league? Mm, he's yeah. going to demand a, a pretty significant contract, even if he doesn't take a, a big step forward this year." So. Uh, you look down the line and you start to wonder about it a little bit. All right, Dave, uh, Glenn and I talked about this earlier in the show, and I need your take on it as well. Um, the fact that uh, we, everybody's got a, a list at this time of year. You guys did the top 25 most important. Hell of a job, by the way. Uh, 
And it may have some effect on Eagle players because it's kind of a local thing. National, ESPN, and Pro Football Focus, and CBS, they all have their lists. The one that the players pay most attention to, sorry, (laughs) this would come before even you, Dave, is the Madden ratings. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And the Madden ratings have come out over the last couple of days. They leak a new position each week, blah, blah, blah. And the Eagles were not as highly thought of in the Madden ratings as maybe we are here in Philadelphia. People are excited for this upcoming season, think they can win the division, maybe do something when they make the playoffs. If you go by the Madden ratings, maybe we're overstepping our bounds a little bit because the guys didn't come in ranked near as high as, like, I would have them or other Eagles fans that I talk to either here on WIP or on Birds 365. Are we overrating the Eagles a little bit? Am I overrating Madden ratings? I think you're probably overrating the Madden ratings a okay. little bit. Uh, yeah. I don't, I, they, they kind of do some funky stuff with the Madden rankings and the ratings. Um, and, and sometimes it feels like they take a while to catch up to the rest of our thought processes. Um, so I wouldn't, but look, I, I, I think that when you're talking, if you're asking if we're overrating the Eagles, I think we can look at this roster and say this is a good roster. They've improved quite a bit. They have a lot of talent in a lot of areas. And, and really, that was something I learned. Not that I didn't know it, but it was something I really learned doing that list. It's, it wasn't easy to put together, and, and I left some good players off of it. And it's a pretty extensive list. Um, so I think on paper, they have a good roster. A lot of it is going to depend on the play of Jalen Hurst. A lot of it's going to depend on coaching. Uh, and they have to live up to it. it. It's a little harder when you have expectations on you, like this team does. They kind of surprised everyone last year. With this roster and some of the hype they've gotten, they're not going to do that. So uh, it's fun to think about how good they could be, but you also have to realize they, they play the games for a reason and, and you don't win or lose on paper. Dave Zangaro is our guest. You can follow Dave on Twitter at D Zangaro, and uh, excuse me, D. Z-A-N-G-A-R-O-N-B-C-S. All right. People remember that. Uh, Dave, uh, some talk uh, still going on around the league about the possibility of Jesse Bates' Pro Bowl safety moving out of the Bengals. Howie is not uh, unfamiliar to doing kind of these late summer roster moves. Any possibility of Jesse Bates becoming an Eagle? Well, I'll give Howie credit because he's always – got his foot in the door when there's a good player who might become available for whatever reason. So I'm sure he's interested. Why wouldn't you be interested? This is a a really good young player at a position. They didn't upgrade as much as they clearly wanted to because they were, they showed interest in Marcus Williams and Justin Reed and even Tyron Matthews. So uh, I think they would, who wouldn't love to get Jesse Bates, Uh, but the Bengals historically don't give in a bunch and, and they're a team that is coming off a Super Bowl bid. So um, I don't know why they trade him. You know, like the, I, I, if I'm the Bengals, I kind of call his bluff a little bit and see if he doesn't show up because that's a team that is a legitimate contender and he makes them a lot better. So um, I'm sure how he's keeping an eye on it because that's what he does, but it just doesn't feel real likely to me. Hold on, I just need to take a quick time out. Kyle Quinn, our producer, has a comment about those Madden ratings. Kyle? Oh, yeah. So, uh, actually, the guy who does the uh, the ratings adjustments for Madden, his name's Dustin Smith. He's actually uh, a known Cowboys fan. There you go. 
Uh, that's all. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Jody, next question. And and take the Madden ratings for what they're worth, but I think even Dave would have to agree with me. The players care about the Madden ratings. Whether they're they actually they accurate up, or not, the players the get – Yeah, they definitely care. They they get more and more – They I'm sure the first time you get a chance to talk to anybody, they're not going to get in your face and go, how did you rank me at number 19 on your list? <laughs> I should have been in the top 10. Oh, but they will if they don't like their Madden rating. So uh, keep, keep it in its proper perspective. All right, uh, Dave, my question for you is you said a lot will be determined by the play of Jalen Hurts and the coaching this year. How confident are you in the Eagle coaching staff, which stayed completely intact? Yeah, which is very rare, by the way. Even for, you know, good, bad teams, awful teams, great teams, there's always turnover. So it's it's very rare that this coaching staff is fully intact for a second straight season. Uh, fairly confident. I, I was impressed by a lot of what Nick Sirianni did last year. I've been impressed by um, – just the way he handles himself, the way he handled the team last year, I thought they did a lot of good things. I'm a little curious to see what this offense looks like because uh, as excited as everyone is about the weapons they have on paper and, and the team they put together, it's really, at least on the roster, the same offense they had last year plus A.J. Brown. And you can include Zach Paschal too, but he's kind of a, a depth player for this team, a role guy. When you're talking about the starters, it's, it's really the same offense from last year plus A.J. Brown, and they were the 25th-ranked pass offense in the league. So uh, I think you're counting on him having a huge impact, and, and you're also counting on Jalen Hurts being better. And I, I think that we all kind of agree that he'll be better, but how much better is the question? And a lot of it's going to come down to coaching and trying to figure out how to balance it because last year they went run heavy, and, and it wasn't their intention early in the season, and that was pretty obvious. They did it out of necessity because they realized that was what worked. But I don't think they want to be that this year. I think they want to strike a balance, and that's coaching. I mean, that's them figuring out exactly what that offense needs to look like. And then on defense, uh, Jonathan Gannon has the pieces now. He, you know, you can kind of give him a pass for a lot of what happened last year because he might not have had the personnel he wanted or needed. Well, this year they've added a bunch on that defense, and there's no excuses anymore. I mean, uh, you can say that maybe at, at safety they didn't land a – but they're going to have some weaknesses everywhere. And it's – you know, they upgraded from Stephen Nelson to Janice Bradbury. They added Jordan Davis in the draft. They added Hassan Reddick to finally get them some pass rush help after having 29 sacks as a team last year. And then the linebacker – they have linebackers, guys, which is <laughs> a that? lot of fun. What? What? <laughs> it's amazing, right? They have wow. – they have they're really three deep at linebacker, maybe four if Davion Taylor – can continue his progression. So that's kind of fun to have legitimate linebackers in Philly. It's been a while. So uh, I think Gannon has the pieces where there's no excuses for him right now. All right, my last one for me, camp starts on Tuesday. I know you don't get a whole lot in camp, and we don't really get a lot in the preseason. And it's, you know, it's, it's tougher for you to do your job than it would have been 10 years ago. The access is a lot less. But give me one thing that you, in other than Hurts, obviously, that you particularly will be trying to look at as the Eagles are in camp. Yeah, since we already mentioned A.J. Brown, I'll give you N'Kobe Dean. Uh, I'm fascinated by that pick, by that player, and I've convinced myself that he's going to have an awfully big role in this defense right out of the gate. So uh, I think they're going to mix and match 
those linebacker combinations in camp a lot like they did last year. The difference is this year there's a lot more talent at those positions. So I'm, I'm curious to see how quickly they bring him along because I, I don't think it's out of the question that he plays more snaps than any other linebacker this year. And uh, it's ambitious to say, all right, rookie, jump in the deep end. But if anyone can handle it, it's probably the guy that just quarterbacked the, one of the best defenses in college football yeah. history. So I'm really excited uh, to see what he brings to this team. You and I are equally bullish on N'Kobe Dean coming into this season. Uh, so I'm glad that uh, Dave Zingaro agrees with me on that. All right, last one for me. Have you made travel plans for Berea, Ohio, and wherever it is outside of South Beach that the Dolphins train? I should know this, but I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, you better because you may be going there. Because last week, last year we heard so much about the Eagles going 4-0 and in joint practices. <laughs> and that they actually did more and maybe accomplished more and actually did more hitting in those practices than any of their practices, teammate versus teammate, and or the three preseason games in which Jalen Hurts took exactly zero snaps. Uh, are you already, uh, uh, you, do you have an itinerary in place for the Eagles' joint practices on the road next month? I do. I will be in Berea for that week, and then Miami Garden. Uh, is where the Dolphins practice. So I'll be there for that as well. And they, they really do value those joint practices. You're right. I mean, the, the preseason is even less meaningful than it used to be. They, they put so much stock into these joint practices. And really, it's about control. It's, they can work on what they want to work on when they want to work on it. So if, you know, if you're playing a preseason game and you want to get better in, in third-down situations, you got to just hope that a third down arises or you want to get better in the red zone. You have to hope you get there. Whereas in practice, you want to work on the red zone. Well, march down in the red zone. It's on the script. You go and do it. So uh, they feel like they get a lot from those. And I, as long as Nick Sirianni is a the coach, they're probably going to do a couple of them each year. All right, Dave Zangara, we will look for your reports from those and before as the Eagles uh, open camp on Tuesday. Follow Dave on Twitter, D Zangaro NBCS, and of course read and watch read him on the website, watch him on TV. Dave, thanks for joining us so much. Absolutely, guys. Take care. All right, appreciate it. Have a good one. There you go. Yes, Jody, the wins and losses in those joint practices, you know. Undefeated last year. Yeah, or or this is the one I love. Jalen Hurts was sixteen for nineteen. Yeah, except that one practice, according to well, D-Gun's source. That's I, I, I know. Three, but three I, incompletes, three again, interceptions, and four sacks. Right. But I'm, I'm, I'm saying that just to kind of goof around. Yes, 0 for, 0 for 10 or whatever it was is never good. <laughs> but I think that, I think by and large, stats on the – I want to see – tell me the guy's form. How confident is he? Where, you know, but I, I, don't, I don't need the stats for those things. No. Uh, let's get Jerry and Hatborough up here. Hello, Jerry. Good morning. I apologize for my bonus interruptus. That's okay. No problems. All right. Uh, I want to talk about two fictional characters. One is, I love the final season of Pinky Blinders. I love the character Ooh, of I haven't Alfie. watched that. I haven't watched that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah I've heard. I've heard. I've heard. It's on the Alfie list. Is, is just a wonderful. I never was a big fan of Tom Hardy, but in that series, he's outstanding. Very good. Jody, were you a Peaky Blinders guy? No, but you know who was and tried to talk me into it? Your daughter. No. Oh, who? He. I said he. Oh, he. Who? Um, God rest his soul, Big Daddy Graham. Yeah, Big liked that show. Yes, he, he did. did. Yeah. 
All right, and another subject is uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. He reminds me of the new Flyers coach. He's got unbridled enthusiasm, <laughs> but I don't know why. Because uh, he has to. Um, yeah, I want to talk about that. You know what? It's, it's uh, I'm gonna. I'll talk about it on, in the next segment because I want to read his quote and get Jody's take on it. I, I sympathize with John Tortorella because he's taking over a really bad franchise, and I think they'll play hard for him, etc. But there, you know, there's no talent, and and he's got he has no choice but to defend the front office. The lights are on the arena, but there's no players there. There you go, Jerry. Always a pleasure. Thank you so Thank much. You, buddy. There you go. Two one and five. Go ahead, Jody. I'm sorry. Let me. Yeah, just let me uh, add this little addendum. Um, SpongeBob has now been around long enough yeah. that my daughter actually watched it back in the day, even though she is now well into her 20s. Um, he, SpongeBob has been around long enough that, yes, at one time it was something aired on McDonald's TV. SpongeBob never got nasty. He was always a upbeat, good guy. And, yes, the coach is being upbeat. Let's not forget that John Tortorella is ready, willing, and able to drop the hammer when need be. He's just not ready to go there yet. It isn't like we got this all things are great and the world is a phenomenal place to be. He may have put forth some of those sentiments this week, but that's not always John Tortorella the way that SpongeBob SquarePants was. No, and I'm going to run uh, some of the things that Tortorella said this week. I want to run that by you coming up and see uh, if your response is, to it is the same as my response. Hey, by the way, best caller of the show today, to the show today, gets a $50 gift card from Scheib Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their Center City location or at ScheibSports.com. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mac now, 94 WIP. Need a goddamn occasional save. However, it's supposed to work. Screws us. He stinks. No, I, I don't know why. I wish I could play him on a ball, but every time I put him on, he stinks. Play hard. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. You guys give me about it. Well, Jody, at least we have that to look forward to. See, SpongeBob never lost no. his mind like that ever, no. ever <laughs> did SpongeBob go down that road. Uh, that's highlights of John Tortorella. By the way, this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. So um, this week, NBC Sports Philly reached out to John Tortorella and got him for an interview, and he had a lot to say in defense of the organization, particularly in terms of not signing Johnny Goudreau. Um, I don't know. There was hope they would trade for Matthew Kachuk. Well, that's done. Uh, and they did trade for you know D'Angelo and so on and so forth. And I want to read you his quote. They didn't. It wasn't taped. Uh, so I'm going to read it to you and just kind of see if you feel about it the way I do. He said, everybody's upset about Johnny G, Johnny Gaudreau, obviously, that Johnny G wasn't signed. Any general manager would be interested in a guy like that. I'm sure Chuck Fletcher was. But there's sometimes the lay of the land where your contracts are at, you know, where your cap's at, where your team's at, quite honestly. Is it that time to sign a free agent like that? I think we have to do a little building here and a bit of growing. 
it pisses me off some of the things that have been said about those guys. I think it's, he's talking about the guys they signed um, because I think everybody wanted the big splash. Well, we have to wait our turn for the big splash. And he went on. Jody, your thoughts. Yeah, that was the one part of everything that he said that kind of bothered me. We have to wait our turn. Bingo. Why? The, and and Tortorella was hired when he was hired, and Chuck Fletcher and Scott had been on record previously trying to lay out what at least, and you, you can have the greatest plans in the world, but then you actually have to be able to put them in place. But the plan was not to slow grow this offseason. And that's exactly the way that the coach is laying it out with, it's not our time. No, that's not kind of what your boss is. The guys who hired you laid out as to what this offseason was supposed to be. So I think it's kind of revisionist history on the coach's part. Yeah, and and I mean, in a certain sense, he's being honest, right? He's saying we, we, we can't do it, but... That's a real tough sell to the fans. You can't get good players because your cap is screwed. And we're, as fans, we're supposed to be like, oh, okay, well, that's fine. Listen, it's not his fault. He he walked into this situation. He didn't create it. Correct. But he also is kind of ignoring what fans in this town, hockey fans in this city, have watched for the last decade. They haven't had a, you know, other than that brief moment during the pandemic, which was kind of an illusion, they've just, they've disappeared. The Flyers almost don't exist as a franchise. The Flyers are not relevant. They haven't made the finals in a decade. They haven't won the Cup in 50 years or 47 years or whatever. We, as fans, we saw all these bad contracts. We saw these dumb trades. We saw these stupid signings. Um, we know why they they stink, but I'm not okay with it. Don't give me like, oh, patience, everybody. Come on, I'm pissed off because you're not patient. Well, fans, hockey ta- fans in this town have been patient for 47 years. You cannot ask people to be patient. Thank you. And, oh, by the way, rubbing salt in the wounds is the fact that Goudreau has gone on record and said, yeah, I'm pretty damn disappointed that the Flyers weren't in the mix. I know. If he had just signed off and, all right, it was just another free agent that uh, Flyers couldn't get, it would be one thing, but it's a local guy who was on record saying he hopes the Flyers make a big play for him, and then when he signs elsewhere, goes, yeah, I wasn't kidding about that. I was yeah. kind of bummed out that the Flyers didn't make a bigger play for me. I'm sorry, that just doesn't go away, Coach, with your saying, it's not yet our time. He is literally the best player ever to come out of this market. I guess Mike Richter is a Hall of Famer, a goalie. But other than Mike Richter, Johnny Gaudreau is the best hockey player ever to grow up in this area. He wants to come home, and they, their answer is, well, we couldn't get rid of some of the donkey contracts we had. See ya. Hey fans, be patient. Doesn't sell. I I no. don't I don't really hold it against Tortorella because again he didn't create it, but he's off base if he thinks people around here will be like, oh sure, not to worry. And it does. I'm not really mad at him because this is now his job. He accepted the job. He should have known what he was buying into. I don't think that um, he was led astray that they were going to be able to make all these massive moves. He's, a, he's been around the National Hockey League forever. He understands how the cap works. He could check the Flyers roster and see what kind of contract they had. So I don't think he was hoodwinked into taking the job. So he should have known what he was uh, buying into when uh, they agreed to make him the new coach of the team. 
just don't go over the top in uh, basically what it is, is making excuses yeah. for his bosses. I get it that you have to do it, but I think he went a little uh, over the top in uh, the fact that he's ticked off that Great. others are saying the Flyers didn't do enough during this offseason. Well, then he's ticked off at me, too, because that's exactly what I'm saying. The Flyers didn't do enough during this offseason. Uh, Fred in Jenkintown wants to check in on this. Let's get him up there. What are you thinking, Fred? Hey, my uh, thought is maybe uh, Torts never wanted Goudreau. Maybe that was the, the thought process, and now they're, you know, that's why they stepped away. That would be even scarier to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my response is, why? You know, maybe he just doesn't fit the plan that he's thinking of. He's trying to be, uh, you know, a bigger team, tougher team, and oh, maybe great. that that was uh, not the way he was looking for it. Uh, so Delorier is somebody that you want more than Johnny Gaudreau? No, no, no. But 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 the thing is, maybe he just didn't fit into the scheme that he's looking for, and he's looking a year ahead. I, I don't know. I, I think it's an interesting theory. I think this is one where the simplest theory applies, which is they could they had they can't afford it because they have so many stupid bad contracts. Well, but that goes back to the other thing. They had plenty of time to plan this out. They yes. knew about Van Be- Reemstijk. They knew about what to move, what to do. So how could they be so stupid? And Jody, you can answer, how could they be so stupid? Uh, we, if we knew the answer, we would uh, certainly lay it out, but we don't. But here's, here's the other thing that, again, and maybe this is me just not being a, and I should be because I come from a uh, family of former, uh, a former executive who had to deal with the realities of the world. And sometimes uh, that, that has to take priority. But the fact that they moved away from Oscar Lindblom, if you're going to do that, and it's a hockey decision, and it's a financial decision, where's the payoff? If you're going to, and, and hey, I, uh, you know my guys are Anthony Sanfilippo, who you use as well, yeah, yeah. and Bill Matz, who I have yeah, on, sure. and I try and bring on hockey guests, which not everybody here on the station does, and every time I get uh, one of those two guys, when is Oscar going to get back to the level he was at? I know that he's recovering. I know. But when can we? And it just never came. So I can't argue the hockey aspect of it. But we know they did it in big part because to try and clear some cap room. And then they didn't use the cap room. They didn't get Goudreau. So why did you move off a guy like who, oh, by the way, turned around and signed almost immediately thereafter. So there was another team willing to take the shot on Oscar Lindblom. Why does? Why is he a guy who pays a price and then the payoff doesn't even come through. That's a fair point. I have no answer. Well said by you. Rob and Delco is with us. Rob, what's on your mind today? Glenn, good afternoon, Jody. Good afternoon. Good hey afternoon. There. Listen, I want to touch on the Phil's at this time with the Eagles. And, Glenn, I got this beer fact that I found out from the after. I think it was the afternoon show I heard yesterday. What's that? that? I was actually surprised about it, and I think you would appreciate it. Um, with, the, with the Phil's real fast. I'm worried about – I'm in panic mode now with Cassianis. Um, I, you always hear – remember back in the day, I'm 49, Glenn. I used to get the base, tops baseball cards you had that stale yeah. piece of pink gum in the back. Oh, I love okay. them. Yep. And you always – yeah, I loved it too. You know what I mean? I chewed it anyway. But my point was you always hear the expression, oh, you know, at the end of the year, the number's going to match the back of the baseball card. I don't know now, Glenn. We're going into August almost. And yeah, Castellanos got to. You're talking about Castellanos. He's got. Yeah. He's got to get fire quick. And I watched last. I didn't watch the whole game. I'll be honest. I bailed out. Glenn. Jody lasted longer than I did, but I watched. I watched through the uh, the, the I did too. fielding bumbling around. 
Um, zero for five with four ground and sounds to strike at him. And it's like, but, but, it's, I'm, I'm waiting for that moment to strike. Gun, you looked a couple times. You showed him in the dugout. His head's down. He looks like he's defeated. They showed him a couple times just sitting there after that bat in the dugout. He, you know, I miss that. You know, I don't have a college degree. I get paid to hit baseball. That cockiness. That that you know that that we like that edge. You yeah. know what I mean? That we yeah. like. It's gone. So. I hear you. Uh, you had a, uh, a Jalen Hurts point. Yeah, Jalen Hurts point. Glenn, um, in the NFL, the offense that we ran last year, obviously everybody said it's not going to win Super Bowls. You, you need explosive plays. You need like a four or five play drive, like a 40-yard touchdown pass. And Hurts has to get better. We all know that in that area. If he hasn't changed at all in that area, I hope it's you know it'll be evident. And I'm worried, though, because where do we go? Like, I don't know about these college quarterbacks. I mean, do we have to wait another two or three years for these Well, guys? Jody, no. and, th- and thanks, Rob. You talked about this earlier, Jody. If, if he doesn't work out, there's really no likelihood that there's a quick, viable replacement. I'll just give you the teams again quickly. Houston, who I talked to John McClain at least once a month, great all-time NFL writer who just retired, yeah. who still works for like 10 different radio stations the in the state of Texas. He is. Yeah. Uh, and he continues to tell me that they just love Davis Mills, and I continue to roll my eyes every time he says it. I don't believe it. I think they're going to be bad again this year. I think they're going to get their full look at Davis Mills, and they go, oh, shoot, we need to get another quarterback. Um, the Giants are going to be worse than the Eagles, and this is going to be Daniel Jones's swan song. Despite the fact that some people are clinging to the fact that Carson Wentz is better than uh, Jalen Hurts. I think we'll see Carson Wentz fail for his third consecutive team this year. So Mm. I think Washington's going to be in play. Seattle unquestioned is going to be at the top of the draft because their quarterbacks are just god-awful. These teams need quarterbacks, and they're going to be at the top of the draft ahead of the Eagles. They're not going to give up the, the, the pick so that the Eagles can take a quarterback that they turn around and can't take. Let us believe in Jalen Hurts because there is no viable alternative, unless uh, you're a Gardner Minshew guy, which I'm not. Uh, I'm more of a Carson Strong guy, as a matter of fact. Oh, I listen. I get those. You get those uh, calls or those people who reach out to you on social media. I do, and uh, he's a he's a talented player. The reason why he went undrafted was because he's got a chronic bad knee. So yeah. if he doesn't blow up his knee, he will enter the conversation at some point if Jalen is struggling this year. Nick in Collegeville joins us. Nick, what are your thoughts on the arena? Jody Glenn, uh, I'm, so, so I'm younger than you guys, but I'm in my 50s. And last week I was at the Kill Mossum Bird on Tuesday night, opening night. And last night was a cold concert. I'm going to Black Keys next Saturday. So uh, even you're, I'm in my you're, 50s. you're an active guy. By the way, before, you, before we yes. move on and, and your resume of being a, a, a somebody who enjoys the arts and sports is good, what do you think of To Kill a Mockingbird? I was fabulous. I and loved it. Loved it. And I, to- yeah, I told my wife, uh, we saw the we saw the last section, you know, a, a season of Ozark, and I said, I cannot stand John Boy. I'm like, he was such an evil da- dad yeah. in that in that, and and then to see him, not even two months later, in that role was just fantastic. And, and I was yeah, never was a big great. fan of his, but I thought he did a fantastic job. All right, so, so. we got we got your uh, resume. Okay, what do you so, think? And I say that to say that even though I'm in my fifties, my body might feel like a fifty year old, but I try to I try to think a little bit younger. Um, it, Jody, if I told all the New Yorkers, "Hey, we're moving every single stadium: the new Brooklyn one, Madison Square Garden, Mets, Yankees, 
to East Rutherford and make it just like Philly, what would New York New Yorkers say? Well, that's kind they would of hate tough it, to right? say. They're not well, used no, to no, it. no, no, no. Uh, right. There's there's something you got to add to it. East Rutherford is across a river, and you got to be in a different state. Yeah, I'll well, give you one that just that. happened. The Islanders yeah. just moved out of the new Barclays Center because they built it to be a basketball arena and to have concerts, yeah. and it was god-awful for hockey. So they go, all right, we're out of here. Right. We don't care. And they went and they built it in the suburbs out near Belmont Park. Yeah, my, my whole point is that, of course, there's a lot of things that change during our lifetimes that we don't like. But if you if you think through it and go, first of all, anytime somebody tries to build a stadium, Nobody wants it where they want to put it. Nobody. It's like building a prison. I don't care. Eventually, it's got to be built. Nobody wants it in their backyard, but it's got to get built. So I still believe that you're going to get a lot more. Anybody in West Philly, North Philly, they have to get on the broad They have to come into the city and take the Broad Street line to go down there. But if it's downtown, there's seven or eight different rail systems that take you from the western, northern, southwestern part of, of counties of PA into center city. Now, if you want to get to South Philly, though, you have to get off, get back on, and do stuff like that. I still think you're going to get about a third of the people are going to be walker commuter, like walk some type of public transportation or walkers. I mean, okay, I'm sure, so so because yeah. we got we got to do this fast, right. and I understand it will be more convenient for some. How about everybody else who live? The, uh, what's I the metropolitan it. area here? About four and a half million or so. And the city is about yeah. a, th- a third of the – so the two-thirds of I people think, who don't live in the city who go to the games, you think it's going to work well for them? I think because it's the smallest arena. Like, it's not, it's not the football stadium. It's not the Philly stadium. So because it's the smallest amount of population when it comes to a game, I think over time people will adjust their behaviors to go, okay. hey, I can just I, get off and walk two blocks. I, I don't, but, but I appreciate your point of view. I don't. I don't. I. This is – <sighs> Public transportation is a beautiful and noble thing. It's a worthy goal, and I and I take it uh, when I go into the city. Sometimes, would I want to take it when I'm coming home from a game at ten thirty, eleven at night? Not so much. I like being in my car when it's late at night. I think there are probably a lot of people who share that feeling. And oh, by the way, once again, Jody McDonald, the nitpicker, he said no one ever wants an arena or a stadium built where it's built. Oh, that's completely untrue. Everybody was good with the fact that they built a new baseball stadium and a new football stadium in South Philly uh, being replaced by the vet for uh, two teams for one stadium. Do you remember everybody, oh, my God, we can't build it in South Philly. They must build it in Center City. They must build it in Jersey. They must build it somewhere. No. Most people were, yeah, that's where we go now, and we'll continue to do so. So please build us new stadiums in this uh, in this area. I'm entirely happy with them. At, you know, um, as we've discussed all day, I I like that you have that zone in South Philly that is the sports zone. It, that's where that's where they are. I I I like them together. But hey. The conversation will continue. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Our sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. We'll come back. We'll grab a call or two. And we'll find out from our producer, Kyle Quinn, what we forgot to talk about today. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. 94 WIP.
Jody Mack, Glenn Mack now, 94 WIP. Let's uh, try to sneak in these callers here. Robin Westchester joins us. Hey, Rob. Hey, how you doing, guys? All right. I just... I just want to say um, I welcome an on-air debate with anyone in New York, Boston, Chicago, Miami, Atlanta, Los Angeles on the point that, and I will take the side of the debate that WIP has the absolute number one greatest sports programming on the weekend mornings of any sports radio talk show in the United States. And please go ahead. I invite any, anyone to come on and debate. I'm a lead debater and a sports historian. I will bury <laughs> them. Jody, we're not going to argue that, right? Yeah, you're not going to get no complaints from this end. Thank you very much. And I love that you guys are on together. I'm so happy. It just makes my weekend so much better than you. you two together. I love it so much. You guys are just perfect together. I just, the chemistry is, is just the, your knowledge. I want to make a movie and TV point really quick at the end, but I want to talk on the stadium because I, first of all, good that we have Jody. I go up to New York to City Field to see the Phillies and Yankee. I have a friend that's a Yankee fan. We go to Baltimore and we go up to the Yankees and he comes in from Ithaca, New York. I, I love going up to New York. It's so easy to drive to Hamilton, New Jersey, beautiful station, oh, yeah. get on the North East Extension. Do. Exactly hour and 15 good. minutes to Penn Station. You're in New York City. Your car is safely parked in a garage. They just renovated that place about 10 years ago. Spent millions on a garage. I mean, it's really classy. It's like right after Trenton before Princeton. Hey, Rob, we're running out of time. Okay, I, I, if you want your, your movie San TV Francisco. point, make it. Okay, I'm going to make my point. I lived in San Francisco when they built that stadium. People don't understand how, how complicated you guys do. It took them 10 years to find the spot for Pac Bell Park. They were in Candlestick Park. It was the worst spot to build a stadium in the Bay Area. They could have put that stadium on a floating boat in the middle of the Bay if we had better climate yeah. with all the fog and wind. All right. all right. We got to go. I, I appreciate the kind words and, and your point. We didn't get his TV point, but we ran out of time because we want to get to Jay and Bluebell before we hand it over to uh, Go Birds Radio. Jay, what do you got? Hey, how you doing, guys? You know what? Either this owner is very naive or he doesn't know the city. Now, I'm 76. I live in the suburbs. I have 20 people in a coffee club. Nobody in their right mind would drive down Center City, especially a tenth of market, in the dark both ways. If you, whether you take public transportation, which they only report about half the crimes, or you got to walk one or two blocks to your car. Give you an example. I dropped my daughter off and on Sunday afternoon at 9 o'clock at the Marriott, and I tried to get in the door that was on the Market Street side. I didn't realize there was another door on the other side. And the door was locked. And I go, gee, what's going on? We can't get in. So likely, there's a FedEx right next door, and a very nice gentleman came out and said, well, the reason why that door is locked is because of all the drug activities that were taking place in the lobby, so you got to go through the FedEx. Right. So I mean, I, we got to run. I mean, I think, I think the hope and belief is that a new – stadium a new arena is going to revive the area which will change that situation but as you correctly pointed out mac man this is nine years down the road there will be many changes in the city in the politics of the city how the city is run how the city changes we can sit here and project and predict we really have no idea what's going to be like nine years from now you are correct all right jody it is time for us to find out what we forgot to talk about today with Kyle Quinn, Kyle, before we do that, yes. who 
gets best caller of the day and the $50 gift card to shibesports.com with his story in every stitch. Well, guys, uh, we got a lot of phone calls today in opposition of the uh, new proposed arena in the uh, in the fashion district here. But Marcus and Percasy called in today and uh, articulated a pretty sound point uh, in favor of the new arena. So I decided we were going to give it to Marcus and Percasy. Cool. Okay. Works for me. All right. Uh, send me that email on that. We'll make sure we get that to him. So what did we not cover today? All right. Well, uh, everyone seems to be jumping in on this. Uh, the, the floodgates have sort of opened with this alternate helmet rule in the NFL, and uh, the Eagles have decided to join the party yesterday unveiling black helmets to be worn with their all-black uniforms to debut this season. You guys got any thoughts on that? Jody, you're the fashion expert. Yeah, I'm the fashion expert. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I have minimal interest in the uniforms that the hometown teams wear. Mm. I don't get vexed by them one way or the other. I don't get juiced by them much one way or the other. I just, when they make a change, I look at it and say whether it catches my eye or not. Mm. Black helmet looks pretty cool. Uh, that, that, that's, all I'm, that's all I've got, and that's all I ever am when they change the uniforms. I make a judgment call at that time, and then I forget about it whenever they wear yeah, the one I saw a bunch of them. The one that I actually like, the Bengals are doing a white helmet. Yeah, which I thought was kind of really cool. nice. Yep, I like all the right. uh, the Panthers all black helmets too. They they just uh, unveiled them the other day. Oh, there you go. And all that right. is the most fashion talk you will get on this station. That is time. correct. All right, all right. All right. So, I miss uh, Joe at least. Speaking of fashionable, our uh, esteemed colleague Angelo Cataldi is going to be he's going to be throwing out the first pitch in tomorrow's game against the Cubs unfortunately to be aired on Peacock so we're probably yeah. not going to get any uh, local coverage on our TV network to, we're not probably not going to be able to see Angelo's first pitch unless uh we get some boots on the ground coverage there but Glenn I uh I've heard that you have thrown out a first pitch before so I did would you care to share some advice for Angelo I got to throw out the first pitch was it 2017 whatever 5 6 years ago I got to throw out the first pitch at a Phillies game um, the thing about the game that I went to was it was a really rainy night and nobody knew if the game would happen. <laughs> so when I did it, and maybe it's lucky, there were like maybe 10,000 people in the seats. Um, th- and, and by the way, uh, let the record reflect that I did throw a strike mm. to the Fanatic was sure. the catcher. Uh, they wouldn't let me stand on the mound because it was raining, but I think now they don't let you stand on the mound regardless. Hmm. My advice to Angelo is don't think you've thrown a well i don't know if this works for angelo my advice for most people would be you've thrown a baseball your whole life you're throwing it really 50 feet not 60 feet you can do it with your eyes closed don't close your eyes but just go up there don't think and let it rip that said my prediction is (laughs) he's going to ham it up he's going to get caught up in the moment he's going to hear the crowd Mm. and he's going to Jody, I, my prediction is he's going to sail it. All right. Two two things. Number one, never threw one at a Phillies game. Did so in spring training for the Phillies. Mm-hmm. Did so at a game uh, they're now called the Jersey Shore Phillies. Um, since changed their name, and now they're a high A team, used to be a low A team, uh, and I threw it from the rubber. They had dueling. Uh, oh, let you do that. Yes, dueling first pitch guys, yours truly and J.R. Smith. 
the NBA three-point yeah. specialist. Yeah, I was thinking, I'm thinking, is he talking about the NBA guy? Okay, so yeah. Random. Yes, because he was a high school superstar in the state of New Jersey and went right from high school to the pros. So this one night they had both me and JR there. I got a picture with him and everything. He only had about half the tattoos that he has now. Uh, yours truly threw a strike. JR, not even close. It's a good thing he can make threes because he embarrassed himself <laughs> from, the, from the mound. But here's the, what, the reason I think Angelo is going to throw a strike. As Kyle correctly mentioned, and you and I will do a whole hour show leading into tomorrow's yes. game. Yeah, we got a long one tomorrow. Yeah, Angelo's a morning guy. Doing a, an 11.30 throw might throw a whole bunch of people off. Not A. Cataldi. He's always up at that time. So I expect him to throw a good one tomorrow. So quick right. follow-up on that. Does Angelo get booed? When he walks out there, a no. smattering more applause than booze. <laughs> more think applause it's a than booze. Okay, absolutely. Yeah. Gotcha, hey, gotcha. listen, Angelo has had a brilliant career. He absolutely has. I'm, of, I'm only kidding, of course. Uh, no, I, I understand, but it it goes with the job, right? Right. Right. But Angelo has 31, 32 years yeah. has been the guy who built this station. He built more. He's owned a morning drive in this city for a long time. Angelo is the opinion on Monday after Eagle games. People want to hear what Angelo has to say. I believe he will mostly get the respect tomorrow. There will be, you know, a couple of dorks booing him, but <laughs> largely applause. All right, so, Judy, I say sales it. You say strike. Yes. Oh, well, I don't know about a dead strike, but he'll hit the glove. get it on the fly uh, to whoever is receiving Larry Boa. Pitch. Larry Boa. Oh, it's Boa? Okay, yeah. Boa makes the play. He might have to save Angelo, but Boa makes the play. He's going to have to frame it. Does it not, does not bounce ahead of time. Frame. <laughs> yeah, he'll f he's going to have to frame it eight feet in the air. He's going to have to frame it. All right. Uh, uh, all right. Let me That's just give it. you one more real quick. I've got to be real that? quick. I don't, right. don't want to be late for those Gotcha, guys. gotcha. I just uh, want to mention. No, we can blame it on Howard. Yeah, there we go. The Blue, yeah. the Blue Jays uh, kicked the Red Sox ass last oh, night. Oh, my gosh. 28 to 5. I kept watching that score grow and grow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to hear the uh, the – Probably the main play from that oh, game. Oh, yes. Quick. This right. was brilliant. Yeah. Let's do it. First pitch swinging left on left, and Ramel Tapia soars it to center. Jared Duran trying to locate it, and it lands back on the warning track. Oh, boy. Guriel and Espinal score. Jansen in as well. Tapia to the plate, and it is a grand slam inside the park from Ramel Tapia. <laughs> Just unbelievable. That was Jody, I. I don't know what you know you saw, but I kept watching because you know you check the scoreboard during the night, and it was like twenty-seven to five in the fifth inning. The final score on that one was twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Twenty-eight to five. <laughs> hey, it made the Phillies not so bad. And one quick note on it, and I didn't wasn't watching the game. I was watching the Phillies uh, on the play. Tapia. Didn't yes. leave the box. Doesn't right. He throws he jogged his down, in down the first. Yes. yes. And he still got a, an inside the park home run. Yes. He, he should have been able to go around the bases twice. Great point. You are correct. Anyway, all right, that's it for us. Jody, you and I have a marathon 90-minute show tomorrow. I think we can handle that. Uh, we are uh, – let's go Birds Radio coming up next. Jack Fritz, Ruben Frank. This hour has been sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Kyle Quinn, great job by you. Jordan and I will see you tomorrow morning. Have a great one, everybody.
Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.